0: Uh, Homestead and Toledo NASCAR Race Review, and uh, this is Monday night, June the 15th, and uh, we've got a lot of races to review tonight uh, from Homestead and Toledo. We're In our first half hour, we will review the ARCA East Race at Toledo Speedway, along with the NASCAR Truck Series Race at Homestead Miami Speedway. At 9 o'clock, we'll get into the first and second uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series races at Homestead. Uh, that will take us through to about 940. And in that last 20 minutes, we'll review the NASCAR Cup Series race at Homestead Miami Speedway. 10 o'clock, of course, is our NASCAR Hot Topic sound off with our Fan for Racing crew so, uh definitely looking forward to that as well. Now, we do have our our chat room up, uh, and if you have any hot topics you'd like for us to discuss uh, during our hot topics portion, or you have any comments uh, throughout the race or I'm sorry, throughout the show, uh feel free to leave those comments in our our chat room, and uh, we'll we'll try to get back to you or include that information. Uh, on our radio show. So joining me shortly will be our co host, uh, Sal Segala. So definitely looking forward to hearing from him uh, sometime very soon here. Uh, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Now, I want to get started with the Arcas Racing Series. Uh, Ty Gibbs finally gets the job done and earns a win at Toledo Speedway. Uh, So the Yours Potato Chips 200, presented by the Federated Car Care for the ARCA Racing Series East, uh, is uh, now have a winner with Ty Gibbs. Now, uh, I do have some audio here. I'm going to go ahead and play that real quick uh, because uh, it gives his post-race comments Oh, I have to look at this again. I thought I had it ready to go. Um, give me just a second here, and I'll get that uh, that uh, information available here
1: uh,
0: for his post-race comments, and uh, you'll be able to hear what he had to say right after winning on uh, the right after winning that race at Toledo. Here's Ty Gibbs and his post-race comments. Give me a minute. Okay, it's not coming up, so I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's already up. Okay. I'll go ahead and go through some other information here until we figure out what's going on with that post-race audio. Uh, I will tell you that Ty Gibbs was the winner of that race. Uh, He was... Uh, Just to kind of go over some of the other results that were there He came in second so many times And to finally come in with that victory I'm sure was a really big deal for Ty Gibbs Uh, 15 cars in the race uh, on Saturday And Ty Gibbs was the winner Uh, Next was Sam Mayer Uh, Then Brett Holmes finished third Chase Cabaret was fourth Nick Sanchez came in fifth That rounds out the top five drivers uh, for that race, uh, moving down the line here for the uh, rest, of the top ten, we have uh, in sixth place Justin Carroll, Parker Retscliff, Retscliff finished in seventh, Taylor Gray, uh, brother to Tanner Gray by the way, uh, finished in eighth, Ryan Repko finished ninth, and Bob Pawlowski finished in the tenth. Position. Uh, there were several situations of drivers, in fact, uh, all the way up to the ninth place uh, that had a number of issues. Brad, pressure, Brad Smith had oil pressure issues. Mason Diaz transmission, Uh, Mike Basham had a vibration, Max McLaughlin had some suspension issues, and then the next three drivers all had a crash. That was Giovanni Bramante, uh, Bob Pawlowski, and Ryan Repko. So uh, those three drivers were not able to finish the race. Um, Now, you can watch this race. Uh, this Thursday, June the 18th at 3 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. Now, if you're at work, all you have to do is uh, set the DVR right now so that you can uh, tape that race and watch it when you get home. Joining me is our co-host for tonight, uh, Sal Segala. Welcome to the show.
2: Good evening, Sharon. Thank you.
0: Okay, I was just going over some information with the ARCA racing series with uh, Ty Gibbs as the winner there. Uh, I went through the results, but I have not gone through the uh, standings yet. Do you want to cover the standings, Sal, for the ARCA East?
2: Yeah, let me um, let me hook into the standings right here. Let me see, standings.
0: Okay, yeah. This would be for uh, the Arc Menard uh, Series East. Sam Mayer ended up yeah. finishing second yeah. to Ty Gibbs. Okay, yeah, I'm on, yeah, I'm on
2: the right. I thought, oh, huh. I thought um,
0: he finished second oh, in right. the
2: race. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. I'm just thinking. I thought Hady Deagle was racing this, but she's racing uh the regular Arca what? Series, right?
0: Oh, the regular Arc. Okay, right, right
2: yeah not because I know she's not racing racing west so I talked to some of the drivers oh, are okay. racing west coming up. but anyways, back back to uh where we're going, okay, so anyways we got sam meyer uh sam Mayer, ty Gibbs Nick sanchez chase Cabre, parker Ritz, ritzloff, and Giovanni Romani oh actually parker is is our is our top five after two races, so um, like sharon said, uh already met you know ty Gibbs one you know, this past weekend, you know, so that, that put up, uh, so it looks like him and, um, uh, well, only two wins so far, it's him and Sam Mayer, the two of the wins, only two races won. And, uh, um, oh, right. and then now we're, and then now we go down to the next five, which is Giovanni Bromani, Max McLaughlin, Justin Carroll, Mason Diaz, and Derek Griffin ran out your top 10. And it okay. looks like we have one, Two two other drivers that actually, actually ran the run you know, the um that have run the full series so far, you know have run both races. But, um, for whatever mm-hmm. reason or not. They, you you would have thought they'd have been in the top ten, but um but they're not. So uh you got Derek Griffin is actually the only driver in the top ten that it's only won one race. Run one one run one race.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. That was right. hard to get
2: out. Run, run one race. <laughs> Try and say that ten times.
0: Run oh, yeah, one no race. Kidding. Run one race.
2: Yeah, that that ain't gonna happen. It's t- Anyways,
0: it's a tight battle cell between uh, Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs. Only two points separating those two drivers.
2: Yeah, then then as you go down, then it's, you know then it starts to, uh, you know, but then but you got to remember two we're only two races in.
0: True. You know. True.
2: You know, and, and so, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of these other drivers have a, have a win tucked in somewhere. You know, inside their you know Chase Cabaret, we might see you know get a victory lane. But I'm I'm sure I'm sure the way it's looking, it's probably gonna with the strength of the two Sam Meyer and Ty Gibbs. I'm sure it's gonna come down to those you know those two drivers you know fighting it out for the championship. Yes.
0: yeah. I've got a feeling that's exactly what it's gonna be. Um, now, once again, you can watch the Earth's Potato Chips 200 uh, on NBC Sports Network this Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And, again, if you can't watch it at that time, make sure you set the DVR to tape it so you can watch it at your convenience. We're going to go ahead and move on now, Sal, to the uh, uh, the Gander Outdoor Truck Series that raced on uh, Saturday. And uh, Kyle Busch was the winner, age 35, in the number 51 Cessna Toyota. Actually, they raced on uh, Saturday night. Uh, He was driving for his own team, Kyle Busch Motorsports, his crew chief, was Danny Stockman Jr. He won the 25th annual Baptist Health 200. It was his 58th victory in 155 NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series races. It was his second victory in third top ten finish this year, and his third victory in eighth top ten finish in ten races at Homestead Miami Speedway. Tyler Ankrum, it's amazing what he did to finish second posting his first top 10 finish in three races at Homestead Miami Speedway. It's his first top 10 finish this year. Ross Chastain finished third, posting his fourth top 10 finish in eight races at Homestead. Christian Eckes finished eighth. He was the highest finishing rookie of the race. Kyle Busch now has 211 NASCAR National Series wins. He has 56 wins in cup, 897 Xfinity Series wins, and 58 Truck Series wins. That is the most all-time. This is the 11th Series win for a Toyota at Homestead Miami Speedway, again, a Series most. And it is the sixth victory for Kyle Busch Motorsports at Homestead Miami Speedway, once again, a Series most. Any thoughts there, Sal?
2: Yeah, you know it's um let me click out of that <clears throat> we're really done with that series, so yeah, Kyle Bush is an amazing driver. I know. I know it's it's funny. We're we're still hearing why they let him race in there, but yet, you know, Chase Elliott, you know, has made the you know he's also, you know, made the same amount of starts in the truck. Driver. I think he oh no, he missed uh he missed Daytona, you know, but Chase Elliott's in there, you know, racing the truck series too. You know, and we haven't heard nothing, you know about Chase, you know, he's getting a lot of good reviews but take him, you can't take him away from Kyle Bush. I mean the guy's just a you know, he's 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 learned how to master, you know, anything that he gets anything he gets behind the will of. And you know, you gotta you have to give him you gotta give him kudos, kudos for that. And I mean he kudos, yeah, and I mean he doesn't win every race. So I mean, you know, these drivers they like they like racing against him. I mean I mean Tyler Akram, you know, finishing second behind him. You know, with, with Ross Chastain, well, Ross Chastain is also a, he's not a, you know, series regular, but Tyler Akram, you know, being a series regular, you know, finishing
1: mm-hmm.
2: sandwich between the two, Kyle Bush, Ross Chastain, and Chase Elliott. You know, I mean, these yep. guys, they, they, they cool. like running against these drivers because, you know, they, they learn a lot from them. You know, they watch their lines, you know, they try to race the same lines that, that they run, you know, and they know that they're... Yep. You know, there's a lot to learn, you know, not only not only on the track, but when they get off the track, you know, and they're, like, you know, walking after a race or something, you know, they, they still communicate, you know, and they're asking a lot of questions.
0: hmm That's true. Uh, and Kyle is always willing to help them. Uh, now, I want to go down the rest of the line here on the finishers. Uh, finishing in fourth place with Chase Elliott. Uh, then we have Johnny Sauter finishing fifth. Todd Gilliland, finishing sixth. Dawson Hill in seventh. Christian Eckes, again, the highest finishing rookie in eighth place. Matt Crafton in ninth. And another rookie, Ty Majeski rounds out the top ten. And actually, there's three more rookies behind him with Rafael Asad, Tanner Gray, and Spencer Davis. And if you go to 15, uh, Derek Krauss had a top, 10, a top 15 finish. I think we're both tongue-tied tonight, Sal. <laughs>
2: yeah, we're just gorgeous art. for some reason. It must be. Well, I was going to say it must be the water, but your water is different than mine, so I don't I think <laughs> it has anything with the, with the water you are drinking because you're kind of far away to, to have to taste it to have to drink it in my California water. But it's just got to be something true. in the air.
0: So, any surprises for you in any of that, Sal, or anybody you that know, we didn't mention?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, not really any, any surprises. I mean, you know, you kind of expect, you know, where these drivers are finishing, um, you know, Sheldon Creed had an off, he had an off week this week, you know, and you kind of expect him to finish, you know, up you know, a little bit higher than, you know, than he did this week. But, you know, then St. Smith, you know, with the accident too, you know, early on, you know, gosh, was it the first, I think within the first 20 laps, him and, uh, him and Brett Moffitt got together, you know, and they had that accident. You know, Zane might have had a better finish. But you know, it's good to see Todd Gilliland, you know, you know, running consistent top tens now. You know, and I'm sure he'll be knocking on the door for his first win. You know, once you know, once the Cup drivers, you know, are out of there, you know, and it's just, you know, just, just the Truck Series regulars. But not, not really any, any, you know, any, any surprises, you know, as far as where everybody's finished.
0: Okay. Uh, Now, it was Russ who won the first stage, then it was uh, Kyle Busch winning the second stage, and, of course, the last stage. There were seven caution flags for 34 laps and eight lead changes among just six drivers in that race. Um, I do have some audio here from Kyle Busch. We can uh, take a listen to see what he had to say after winning on Saturday night uh, in that Gander Outdoor Truck Series race. So uh, let's hear what Kyle Busch had to say, or Sal. <laughs> hey, Kyle, how are you doing, bud? All right,
1: what's
3: up? All right, well, we are with today's, tonight's race winner, Kyle Busch in the 51 truck. Toyota for Kyle Bush Motorsports. Kyle, congratulations. Uh, really fascinating race for you, starting with the issues that you had. Came back with the dominating win. Can you just take us from start, even before start, to finish, please? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, some rules
4: were changed over the offseason, and uh, the truck we ran tonight, I think, ran here at Homestead last year, and they just put it off to the side, knowing that I would be in it in March, and uh, now June, but. Still, it never made its way to the fab shop, and, um, you know, for some updates or for some bars that needed to be cut out due to NASCAR changing the rules, so we missed it,
1: and uh, came down
4: here with that bar in there, and I guess they wanted to prove a point, so we had a big penalty, bigger than probably it would have been if there was another driver in the truck, but um, we'll take it and move on, um, kicked everybody's ass anyway, so uh, great night for our SESMA Beachcraft Toyota Tundra. cool to get out there and run how we should, and um,
3: Know,
0: how how we know KBM trucks have, have the speed to do. All right. If you have a question for Kyle, please uh, click the Raise Your hand button. Okay. That was Kyle Bush. Of course, he did have a post, uh, not a post-race, but a pre-race inspection uh, failure that uh, caused him to have to start at the back of the field and race his way up through the field. So uh, that was what he was referencing about those but that bar. So any thoughts on his comments?
2: So. you know, it's, you know, rules have changed, but you know what? NASCAR sends out an email and they let the teams mm-hmm. know, you know what? There's going to be a rule change. So, I mean, for him, especially with the team that he has, you know, and he's not the only one running, you know, he's got a regular season drivers that I'm sure, you know, their cars were, their trucks were, it's obvious that they all, they passed Tech. He was the only one, you know what, and. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just, you know, I mean, you know, you, you prepare, you know what, and, and you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it, maybe he, he didn't want to say, but, you know, maybe the team was trying to get away with something, you know.
0: Well, I hope and, not, you know, they, but you're right, you know, it I hope is not their either, responsibility you know. to be up on yeah, those you know, changes.
2: Exactly. You know what, And that, because, I mean, I, I know uh, the very first race he came back, and I know he he was kind of upset with the team, you know. They had all these, all these weeks off, all these months off, you know, with the pandemic. With the pandemic, you know, and the first thing he says, you know, is, I can't believe, you know, we, you know, we're off for the pandemic, you know, and these guys couldn't even, uh, you know, bring me a truck, you know, that was, you know, you know, that was complete, you know, pieces were missing, you know, and, you know, just it didn't run right.
0: Mm-hmm. There were actually three cars, three trucks that had to start at the Back of the field Uh, The number 15 had to start at the tail end For unapproved adjustments The number 02 missed the rookie meeting So he had to start at the rear And then uh, of course the number 51 For the pre-race inspection infraction So yeah it's unfortunate Because you never want to have to do that But had they stayed on top of things And taken care of that before they got there uh, that would not have been an issue. Do you want to go over the points, Sal?
2: Yeah, then um let me see we'll we'll hit up the points right now. Uh, zooming down to the points. Uh Austin Hill still needs the. Uh, Austin Hill still leads uh, the the point standings. Uh and then of course we got the rookie Crescent Christian Eckies, sitting in second, Granny Finger at third. Ben Rhodes Fourth, and the top five is Todd Gillen. So we could see what that's that Yeah, Ben that and Grant are
0: actually
2: tied. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let me see. It's, oh, yeah, they are tied, yeah, 161. But it's good to see Todd Gillen, you know, if they're in the top five. You know, um, you know, like I mm-hmm. said, you know, doing a lot better this season than he did last season. And then uh, from there, then we go down to sixth place, which is Nate Smith, seventh, Johnny Sauter, eighth, Brett Moffitt, nine, Sheldon Creed, and Tyler Aquil with that second place finish picked up, moved up to the top to into the top ten.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: uh, and then what are they taking? Twelve trucks this year or Are they taking Twelve. ten, right? Oh they're
0: oh, taking ten right. trucks. Ten Yeah,
2: that's right. They're taking ten trucks, yeah. And then outside knocking on the doors this is <laughs> the number nineteen of Derek Krause. I don't uh, I I mean I'm sure Derek expected to be up, you know you know, up within the top 15, but being like, we spoke about the, you know, a new team, you know, a one, a one driver mm-hmm. team, you know, you know, it's, it's good to see him, you know, up there, you know, in that 11th spot, you know, as, uh, as actually the only, um, shoot, only the third rookie, you know, that, that's up, up within the top 15, but basically that rounds out our mm-hmm. top 10, um, uh, you know, uh, veteran Matt Crafton is in 12, uh, Stuart Friesen down in 14th, and, uh, you know, of course, you know, as, as you go down, you know, you're, you're going to start seeing different drivers. But um, I, mm-hmm. I I don't think we're going to see Matt Crafton in that 12th spot, you know, within the next four or five races. I'm pretty sure, you know, he's probably going to move up, you know, get himself right. well, in him the and, top 10.
0: Him and Derek are uh, – Matt Crafton and Derek Krause are actually tied again at uh, 132 points for that 11th spot. Uh, Derek has the advantage uh, – mm-hmm. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing uh, to see so many new names in this group because Christian Eckes a rookie, Zane Smith a rookie, Derek Kraus a rookie. Uh, that those are really strong performances from from those three drivers, and I can't wait to see what the rest of the season brings, Sam.
2: So. You know, then another thing too. You know, when when you look up and down the board, you know. Uh-huh. Um, you only have one series regular that has a win and that's Grant Enfinger, who has two wins. And other than that, none of the other drivers have a win. So like I said, once once the uh once um Kyle Bush and Chase Allen burn out their you know, their starts in the truck series, you know, we're gonna start to see, you know, the standings and everything move, you know, because other drivers are gonna start picking up wins, you know, which, you know Yes. You know, we know, you know, you know, you start picking up the wins, you know, then you start locking yourself into the chase. You know, and a lot of yep. a lot of a lot of things are going to change. But for right now, you know, it is what it is. You know, I mean, between between Kyle and Chase Elliott, you know, they have the other three wins.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really. Uh, you bring up a good point with Kyle Bush in the field. He's won most of those races. The only one he didn't win uh, was the one that uh, uh, the two that Grant Jenkins won, yeah. and That's the right. one that That's Chase right. Elliott won you're right. Yeah, that's right it was. So so it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens once he gets those five races in. Um and I believe he's racing at Talladega. I have to go back and look at the the uh entry list on that. Of course, Jay and I will be doing uh the pre-race uh preview. Uh, this Thursday, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. I do have more post race audio, Sal. Did you want to hear from uh, anybody else from there? We've got Danny Stockman, the crew chief, uh, second place Tyler Ankrum, third place jo- um, Chase Yeah, Elliott. you know what? I'm sorry. I, yeah, uh, yeah, Ross Chastain. Yeah,
2: yeah, Danny would be good because Danny's a homeboy from out here from from our from our West Coast.
0: Okay, uh, let's hear what Danny Stockman has to say. He is the crew chief, by the way, of the number fifty-one Kyle Motorsports Toyota.
3: All right, we are now joined by Danny Stockman Jr. Uh, I believe under the mask that is Danny. Uh, uh, Danny, congratulations uh, on the victory uh pretty wild uh, race start to finish for your team uh starting having to do the pass-through penalty over the race and coming back and uh winning in dominant fashion can you sort of take us from your vantage point uh beginning to end on that wild race for you
4: yeah it was definitely um, it definitely wasn't fun for, for from my standpoint uh throughout the day with the, the penalty and all that stuff but uh we spent a lot of time um simulate and stuff for this race track with some of our rookies and did a lot of homework and came here with a package that we felt that was going to be really good. And we barely made any adjustments today. So um, people think that it's easy because he got Kyle Busch driving. It's, uh, it's easy in that sense because he's so good, but it's also uh, difficult to make sure that you got a truck that, that he likes to drive because he knows what he needs to feel and he knows what, what he's supposed to feel. And, um, I think we did
1: that
0: tonight. All right. All right Thank you. So any thoughts there, Sal?
2: Yeah. You know, like you said, you know, even though, you know, you're, you know, your cowbush is uh crew chief, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, that anything is, you know, it's, it's not a given and, um,
1: right. you know,
2: but looking looking back at Danny, I'm am sure glad he, that he's uh, I mean he he's in a better spot than what he was last year because last year he was with um with uh, Austin Dillon at RCR. So moving from Austin Dillon into Kyle's into the 51 truck, whoever drives basically whoever drives the 51 truck the rest of the season he's going to be <laughs> the crew chief. So I mean it's not going to be Kyle Busch. Right. So he's going he's going to have those times when he's going to have drivers that are going to frustrate him. You know, but I mean, you know, moving from you know from um RCR, you know, to Kobuch Motorsports, you know, was a big was a big step a for big him. A uh, big move. You know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna contact Danny and see if I can, you know, if, if we, you know, if we can get him on. Oh, that would be awesome on the show all these days. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot him an email and and, uh, and uh, you know see if we can see if we can get him to come on the show.
0: Oh, Okay, that's good. Think,
2: Yeah, I think it would be interesting. So, anyways, moving on.
0: Yeah, we'll go ahead and move on now. Uh, The Xfinity Series uh, had two uh, races this weekend. It was a doubleheader weekend for them. We're going to go first to the first race that they did on Saturday, June the 13th. The race winner was Harrison Burton, the rookie, at age 19 in that number 20, Dex Imaging Toyota, his uh, owner, of course, is Joe Gibbs Racing. His crew chief is Ben Bashore. Harrison won the 26th annual Hooters 250, his second victory in 19 Xfinity Series races. It's also his second victory in ninth, top ten finish this year, and it is his first victory and second top ten finish in three races at Homestead Miami Speedway. Austin Sindrick finished second, posting his third top ten finish in four races at Homestead, and it is his sixth top ten finish this year. Noah Gregson, finishing in third place, posted his second top ten finish in three races at Homestead Miami Speedway. Harrison, of course, was the highest finishing rookie. He also becomes the youngest series winner at homestead miami speedway at just 19 years eight months and four days the previous record by the way sal was held by cole custer on november the 18th of 2017 he was 19 years nine months and 26 days joe gibbs racing has won five times at homestead miami speedway in the nascar xfinity series so any thoughts about those top three
2: Yeah, you know, it was amazing because Noah was so far ahead in that race. I mean, it was like nobody was going to catch him until that last. And it's always, and it always comes down to it. They always say, you know what, you never want that last caution to come. And I don't know what adjustments they made on the car, but I'll tell you, Harrison Burton um, took full advantage of the, the, um, you know, the last late race caution. You know to take the, you know to take the win away from, uh you know to take the win away from Noah because Noah was, there was nobody, there was no one that was gonna, nobody was gonna catch him. So, You know, you know, and and then you know being a rookie, you know, you know being a rookie in the series too, you know, and to you know have that finish, you know, the way he did, you know, that was, you know, that was good, you know, not only for burden, but then you know to also see a rookie, you know, come up and. You know, and, and catch that win, you know, I'm sure there's a there's a lot of pressure on them.
0: Oh, of course there was. Um, uh, you know, there there were uh, some pretty big-name drivers in this race. We mentioned the top three. In fourth place was Anthony Alfredo. Uh, but in fifth place was Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the number eight car. So uh, that rounds out your top five. Uh, then if we go down to the top ten here, it's Michael Lynette finishing sixth, Chase Briscoe in seventh, Brandon Jones finishing eighth, Ross Chastain in ninth, and another rookie, Riley Herbst, rounds out your top ten. So uh, pretty cool to, for him to beat uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. in this Xfinity Series race, where Dale is like a two-time champion.
2: Yeah, and even when Dell got out of the car, he said, he goes, I'm done. He says, I'm, I'm this is for the kids. <laughs> you know, he's, he just, you know, because I know they asked if he was going to get the, get out the backup for, you know, you know, for yesterday's race. And, you know, he said, I'm done. He goes, this is for the kids, you know, and, and actually, you know, the average, gosh, I forget the average age, age was on the starting, but they said this broke the record, you know, for being the youngest field ever, you know, for an infinity mm-hmm. race. You know, and gosh, I, and I, I can't it. remember. What, I can't imagine what the somebody had posted it, and um, and I, I thought it was kind of you know something you know kind of I was kind of keeping it in the back of my mind, but of course, because I don't write things down, and I think that I have this super, <laughs> I have this super memory, you know, because I'm, you know, when you're 57 years old, you know, you have the best memory in the world, you know, nobody has a better memory than
0: of you. Of course. Uh, of course. You know,
2: so I didn't write it down, and and all I remembered was was that part. So,
0: but <laughs> well, but know. still, it's a it's an interesting stat because uh, the youngest field ever to race in the Xfinity Series, and and 19 year old Harrison Burton came home with the victory. So uh, that that's still pretty cool. Now Ryan Sieg won the first stage. Uh, winning the second stage was Noah Gregson. Of course, Harrison Burton uh, pulled off that win in the end. There were five caution flags for twenty-five laps and eighteen lead changes among just seven drivers. Sal.
2: Yeah, you know, um, well, you mentioned Ryan Sieg. You know, he he won the first stage. You know, he was mm-hmm. looking really strong. You know, and I was like, I was like, man, I, I, you know, Ryan Sieg. You know, I mean. He was there, and then, uh, you know, of course, then something happened to him. But, you know, for him, you know, for him to catch that first stage win, you know, was really uh, was
0: really something. It is, it is. Now we do have post-race audio here from Harrison Burton, the uh, Xfinity Series race winner, and uh, we'll play his first comments uh, right here. Harrison Burton in the number 20 for Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota.
1: I can follow Dale Jr.,
3: huh? I'm sure you can do it, Winner. I was right. Congratulations. They 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 on the broadcast they mentioned that you've been uh, lurking the entire race and that last restart you did it. Can you take us through that last restart if you will?
4: Oh, it was crazy. Um, Noah kind of beat me early in the race. Uh, we got in the splitter a little bit and and he beat me on that first start. And I wasn't gonna let him do it again. And I, I kind of knew what our strength would be versus his weakness. Uh, and it worked out. It was such a great race. I hope for the fans at home, it felt like a great race inside the uh, inside the race car for us. I mean, we, like you said, we we battled, man. We were struggling early, really bad, really tight. And then my crew chief Ben Bayshore made an amazing adjustment and got us to where we were really really fast at the end on on the short run. Um, just. Still need to go to work, some. No, it's really, really fast on the long run. And, and had that caution not come out, he probably would have come out of there with a the win. So, uh, we got some work to do tonight. Um, but that's what makes this team so good is is we were nowhere to be found in the first stage. So, now that we have a whole night to go to work and kind of figure out where we need to be, uh should be a good thing for us, hopefully.
0: Okay. Any thoughts, so,
2: Yeah, you know, it's um... – it was it was a it was a great win. I mean, you know, like you said, you know, I mean, you know, you know, to beat the to beat the drivers, you know, that he beat, you know, I mean, you know, you know, getting around Dale Jr., you know what, and you know, and you know, Noah Gregson's one, you know, he's pretty hot right now, you know, in the in the series, but um, um, you know, but then but then you know, you look at his pedigree too, you know, you know, his dad, you know, Jeff Burton, and his uncle Ward Burton, you know, and uh, and. And then, of course, he has like his his great aunt Sharon, who runs the radio oh, show. You really. know, I'm sure, some of that runs <laughs> off too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you, you've got me speechless now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the uh, series point standings.
2: All right, the series point standings we are looking at: Noah Grayson is leading 12. the point. Noah Grayson's leading the points. Chase Briscoe is in second. Harrison Burton, the highest rookie right now, is in third. And uh, Ross Chastain fourth. And Austin Cedric round up the top five. Um, hmm. not, I, I I guess you really can't say you know it's it's not nothing you would expect in the top five. Uh, you know Chase Briscoe's been having you know some good runs you know himself too you know and uh, I know I know we'll won't get into to that. We'll get into that later on, and uh, you know Ross those Chastain, you know, running the to
0: those top three all have two wins too, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm sure Ross Chastain and he, he I'm sure he'll pick up a win or two before the end of it, before the season ends.
0: I would. And then think we go so. down to,
2: the, yeah, you know, he's, uh, I'm sure he's, he's, he's tired of carrying around, he's tired of taking home the watermelon. He wants to break it on. <laughs> on the track and not have to let the track guys have to sweep it up putting it back in the car and yep. carrying it back and forth is probably getting getting a little frustrating but anyways and then you go to 6th uh, is Justin Allgaier, 7th Justin Haley, 8th is Brandon Jones ninth is Ryan Sieg and 10th is Michael Annette uh, Ryan Sieg once again you know having a good season this year you know up in the top 10 uh, mm-hmm. let me see what are, how many points back yeah he's Gosh, you get down there, gosh, you're, uh, he's 150 points out from, from Noah. But you got to also remember, too, Noah already has two wins. Well, like you said, the top three already have wins. So, mm-hmm. actually, when, when when you look at the points, you know, he's he's not too far back from Ross Chastain really holding on first place in the, in the points itself. And then the next two drivers are right. Riley, Riley Herbst and Daniel Hamrick. So, I, I, I think the top 12 is, is kind of what you would expect. I mean, you look up and down the board, you know, past that. And, uh, you know, Daniel Hamrick has only made seven starts, you know, and he's in the top 12, you know, and you look down like, you know, there's like another, gosh, eight, three, six, eight drivers, you know, that have, that have started every race. So uh, where Daniel Hamrick is sitting he's sitting in a very good spot right now, you know, with, you know, um, you know it's only right. seven starts, so you know he's got yeah, to exactly. he really has to be
0: he's this part time Yeah, right. Uh, now keep in mind too, the other driver with a win is Brandon Jones in eighth place. He has the one victory, so once the chase begins, that would move him up in the point standings.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I missed I missed that win right there by Brandon. So. Uh, that looks, so, looks pretty solid up there.
0: It, it does look pretty solid, and I think it's shaping up to be the top three again. Uh, the big three right now uh, would be Noah Gregson, Chase Briscoe, and Harrison Burton. We'll have to see how that continues to play out for the rest of the season. If I were going to throw another guy in there, uh, Ross Chastain and Austin Sindrick, Justin Algower which of those three would would hit that top four spot? Right now, it's Ross Chastain.
2: Yeah, you know what? You know, and, and then even though Riley's sitting in eleventh right now, but you know what? He's 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 with a good team. He's got a good car. You know, with the, with Joe Racing. You know, and uh, you know, he's a rookie in the series, but he's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of time behind the wheel. You know, so he's you know, almost, I mean, you can't say he's a veteran, but I mean, I -hmm. I think Riley is beyond rookie status with all the, with all the seat time that he's had, you know, since he's, you know, since running, you know, back in his lay ball days. So, you know, I Mm -hmm. I, I think once the team starts gelling, you know, they start getting, you know, you know, a little bit more used to each other and Riley, you know, settles down and finds his groove. You know, I think Riley Herbst might be up there too. Uh, You know, so it's, it's going to be a good, it's gonna be a good battle, you know, but Ross Chastain just really looks, you know, as as a driver and I know in the past we've always talked about it, you know, it's kinda of like the breakout driver, you know, the driver that's gonna you know, it's gonna it's gonna be the next, you know, big name in NASCAR.
0: Mhm. Yes indeed. Uh, And I've been saying that about Riley. I know Riley is very capable, and I think as the season progresses, we're going to see him right up there in the mix. Now, I do have some uh, post-race audio here. We've got uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. There's Austin Sindrick who finished in second. Noah Gregson, the third-place finisher. finisher. And uh, Anthony Alfredo, Uh, we have some uh, audio from him as well. So do you have a preference there of who you'd like to hear next?
2: No, that's not really a preference, here, and any one of them would be you know, be good to Okay, you know, let's to go to. with uh,
0: let's go with second place finisher Austin Sindrick then. Okay, well, here goes.
3: All right, we're here with Austin Sindrick, Austin uh great run out there. Maybe give a give a little uh
4: Talk about your uh, your day out there in the 22. Yeah, I mean, finish-wise, I think we overachieved a little bit. I, I think I think I could have made some better moves on the short run to try and get a stage win or two there. Um, but overall, uh, another great performance as far as unloading close with something brand new. I think we've done that three times successfully, and proud of my team. Uh, this is the first weekend now that we get to adjust on it, um, so I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Got to got to debrief with my guys and come up with a good game plan, but. Part of the effort by the BBG4 Mustang. Um, give a shout out to Harrison, two guys from Standin' School, finishing one-two at Homestead, so not not too shabby. So I'll I'll take it and and move on and try and do one more better tomorrow. Great. Thanks.
0: All right. Uh, about uh, Austin Sendrick's comments and finishing second. Sounds like, I'm really impressed that they've had three cars come off the truck He said that uh, seemed like they were pretty good.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. You know what, and you really want, you know, your car to come off, you know, as, you know, as far as, you know, yeah, as close to, you know, set up as possible, especially with no, with no practice and no qualifying, you know, cause basically it puts a lot of, it puts a lot of pressure, you know, you know, on the teams, you know, cause they take them out, you know, they, they do it, they, they go off old notes, you know, off of old notes, mm-hmm. but you know what? It, it puts a lot of pressure on the driver, you know, because the driver has to hope, you know what, that, you know, the car is somewhat close because they're the ones that if they wreck it, you know, it's basically now it's the driver's fault. You know, you, you, you know, you can't blame the, you know, the, the crew chief, you know, or the, um, the car chief, you know, for giving them a bad setup, you know, because, you know, they're going off of old notes from last season you know, so, you know, they have to, well, now, now they're going off old notes, you know, from race to race, you know, because, you know, like, they, you know, they, you know, they're hitting the same tracks. So, but still, you know, it's still a lot of pressure on the drivers, you know, to go out there, you know, and, you know, do I run hard? Do I run easy? You know what, you know, how am I going to, you know, run the first, you know, what are the 15 or 20 laps before they have that competition, you know, caution come out.
0: Right. They don't even have the driver's meeting. I was, listening to them talk about that, too, that these drivers are coming from their mobile homes right out to the car, getting into their car, and the first time they're really talking to their crew chief at the track uh, in in a lot of these cases is when they get into the car and they have that first radio uh, communication with them in the car. So that's, that's really amazing, um, you know, that uh, – It is that way, but with the COVID-19 social distancing, it's really changed the way that we do things. Um, Do you think – I kind of like not having the practice sessions and the qualifying sessions. I like the random draw, uh, the way that they're doing it, and I I like that it gives it a whole different dimension. Uh, It's a different dynamic uh and it's almost an equalizer for everybody on the track uh when that race starts,
2: yeah, you know like you said, you know when you said you know it does add a different dynamic you know and and I think uh you know and and I think you know it's it's a good thing you know you know for the series, you know because you know what you know um how do you say it um gosh, uh I lost my train of thought but oh, anyway okay. yeah you 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 know i mean you know you you see some drivers you know they'll go out they'll they go run twenty thirty forty laps of practice come in you know, they'll work on the car in between, you see some they'll only run a few, but you know what it, it kind of puts everybody on the same pla- on the same playing field, you know like I said, it's just a matter you know mm-hmm. on how the driver handles a car, you know what kind of um you know uh you know, stuff, you know, that, you know, that goes on, you
0: know. Right. How well did they do at the shop and getting the car ready? So, yeah, it really does um, uh, kind of add an extra little bit of excitement, I think. Um, And that was one of the things when they talked to Dale Jr. in his car uh, before the race started, he said he was pretty nervous about getting back into the car and, and starting to race, and you mentioned that when he got out, he he wasn't so sure he wanted to get back in again. Uh, he might do maybe one or two here or there, but he definitely left the impression that this might be it. Yeah,
2: you know what? It's it's um, you know it's it it's going to be, you know, it, it, that was an interesting statement from him, you know, especially you know with as mm-hmm. many races he has under his belt but I mean that just shows you know how important you know practices I mean as a quick example we, we ran a race at Urindale this weekend with mm-hmm. no fans but you know they okay. still gave them two practice sessions and they had qualifying you know if they they had you know if they got in plus they gave Friday night was a, it was an option to come down you know and, and they had a, a closed practice you know for the drivers who ever wanted mm-hmm. to participate in it you know because they understand, you know, that these guys aren't like the cup drivers, you know, where they have that kind of experience. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I I, I I like it, man. And, and I hope that NASCAR really looks at doing this, you know, the rest of the season. I think at Talladega they're talking about letting them have a, a one practice session or something like that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I kind I of wish they would Talladega. kind of keep it this way. And it would be a big cost savings, I think, for everybody, too, uh, to keep oh, it yeah. this way.
2: Oh yeah, as far as I mean, they're saving, they're saving on tires. They're saving on, um, mm-hmm. you know, having having to come down, you know, an extra day, an extra two or three days early. Because
1: mm-hmm. you got to remember, Absolutely. they usually practice the
2: day they usually set up on Thursday. They practice Friday, Saturday, and then they race on Sunday. So I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about saving two days, you know, two days of, um, two days of uh, tires. You know, if they if they hit the wall, then they got to mm-hmm. fix the car, bring out backup car. Not only that, but then you're, you're, you're looking at saving, um, you know, hotel, hotel fare,
1: mm-hmm. rental cars, mm-hmm. food,
2: and, you know, and all, all that stuff. So, I mean, you're – for the lower budget teams, I'm sure it's a great thing for them because, you know, they're able, you know, to say, hey, you know, we we can continue to race week after mm-hmm. week, you know, because of, you know, the, the money that we're saving. Sponsorship-wise, I know it's not good for, uh, for the sponsors because the sponsors, they want to see their car out there as TV as much as possible, you know, when you start cutting out practices – qualifying you know that are televised you know you're you're taking away from the sponsors also so you know there's a there's a flip side to it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Sal. I'm gonna go ahead and uh let's get started with the second Xfinity series race. Uh the race winner was Chase Briscoe at age twenty five in that number eight I'm sorry, number ninety eight Ford Performance Racing School Ford. Uh, He uh, drives for Stuart Haas Racing with crew chief Richard Boswell II. Now, Chase Briscoe won the Container Boats 250. It was his fifth victory in 60 Xfinity Series races, his third victory, and his seventh top-ten finish this year. Uh, This is also his first victory and second top-ten finish in four races at Homestead Miami Speedway. Brandon Jones finished second, posting his third top-ten finish uh, in six races at Homestead, and it's his sixth top-ten finish this season. Ross Tastain finished third, posting his first top-ten finish in seven races at Homestead. Harrison Burton finished eighth. He was the highest-finishing rookie of the race. Uh, It was also Burton's tenth-consecutive. Top ten finish to start the season—that is, Sal a new series rookie record. The previous record was held by Carl Edwards, who had nine top tens to start the season in 2005. So that was a really big deal for uh, Harrison Burton to come home with another top ten.
2: Yeah, you know what? And and gosh, unfortunately, I missed. I had recorded this race. And I came home to watch it, and for some reason it didn't record. But uh, oh, my no. biggest thing was out. Yeah, and 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 this is one of the this is one of the dash for cash races, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it was.
2: And and that's the reason that AJ Allmendinger ran in it because remember we we're talking about mm-hmm. a, uh, when when AJ won a couple well, it seems like two weeks ago, but it was like what twelve days ago or <laughs> something like that because they're running so often. <laughs> But right, uh, we we're talking right. you know, about, you know, they're talking, you know, if, if AJ was going to try and run for the money or, you know, what they're going to do about funding. So when I seen the um, the finishing order, I seen AJ in there, I said, yeah, he, he did end up coming in to, uh, you know, to try and, yeah. you know, snatch up that
0: $100,000. What allowed him to do that, Sal, is he was on standby for Austin Dillon because his wife was uh, going to have a baby. Well, she had the baby on uh, Saturday it was Saturday yeah she had the baby On Saturday night And so Austin Dillon uh no longer Needed the backup he came back To the track to race uh The race on Sunday and so That freed up AJ Allmendinger To be able to race for that dash For cash
2: Yeah that's yeah that's right He um he I did have The baby because right after he had the baby Then he went to the track and uh Mm-hmm. And uh, and went, went and raced
0: What a race, yes uh, In addition to the top three that we've already mentioned Chase Briscoe, um, Brandon Jones and Ross Chastain Finishing fourth was A.J. Allmendinger He did win that $100,000 bonus uh, Rounding out the top five is Noah Gregson Second race in a row, Sal Where he dominated pretty much the entire race <laughs> Only to lose it at the end. Um, then in sixth place, you've got Justin Haley. Myatt Snyder finished seventh. Harrison Burton eighth. Riley Earps right behind in ninth. On Austin Sindrick rounding out that top ten group.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was a solid uh, solid top ten group there. I mean. Uh... You know when you start looking up and down, you know, and like I said, I gosh, I I came home to watch it and I flipped my thing on. I, I didn't all I heard all I heard was uh, that Chase Briscoe once That was it. Because I we we had Orindell. We did Orin. They did Orindell early in the afternoon. We started at four thirty, so we we're we we're mm-hmm. done by before eight o'clock. So I came home to watch to watch the you know the replay of the race, and, and um, it, wasn't it was there. already. It wasn't there. There was something else on. I don't even know what was on, and I was like, I was kind of upset. But um.
0: okay. Once again, Ryan Sieg. Uh, Won the first stage And then Am I looking at the right one? Because this looks awfully familiar And then Noah Gregson won the second stage And of course it was Chase Briscoe winning the race There were six caution flags for 28 laps And 20 lead changes among eight drivers So uh, uh, very exciting uh, in both cases They did go into overtime in this race, Sal and so it was. It was an exciting race to watch. I, I hope that you can catch a replay somewhere, down the road here.
2: Do you know what? a actually NASCAR, they've been doing the replays. Like if they run a race, like at one o'clock, they've been doing the replays at ten o'clock, at mm-hmm. night. And I didn't even think because I I got home so tired because that morning I had to I was up at five o'clock to go to I had to go to work before I went to the track, and I was so oh, tired that I didn't even. Yeah, I think I about think it. about um. Yeah, I didn't even think about it.
0: Okay, now we do have Chase Briscoe's uh, post-race comments here, Uh, the driver of the number 98 for Stuart Haas Racing Ford. Uh, Let's hear what Chase Briscoe had to say after winning (coughs) on Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, I
5: guess. (laughs) All right, Chase, can you hear
1: us? Yeah, I can hear you.
5: All right. Well, congratulations on another win um, here in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, We're going to go ahead and move straight to questions, Uh, but thanks again for joining us here for a little bit. So we're going to take our first question from Dustin Long. Dustin, go ahead.
4: Chase, just uh, what uh, what this weekend was like uh, with two races in two days and the challenges uh, just from a driver's point of view uh, with, with the heat, with uh, thinking about changes. Obviously, cup drivers will have to go through this in a couple
2: weeks at up. Yeah, it, uh, you know,
1: yesterday I didn't think it was bad at all. I felt
4: like I could have went another 250 miles, and then today I felt fine um, until the very, probably five or, you know, just all those cautions. It got so hot inside the race car and, um, when I was trying to run down Noah, I mean, I was, that was everything I had. So it'll, it's definitely a challenge, um, you know, but uh, the Pocono deal will be tough. You know, there's not very much airflow at all in those cars either. And, um, but it was definitely tough. I think physically, this is probably one of the hardest races. Um, you know, I think just because back to back, your body normally takes one or two days to kind of recover from the day before. And, you know, we didn't have that opportunity, um, you know, after yesterday. So. Sure that was a lot of it But yeah it was definitely tough And then today it just felt way hotter
0: Than yesterday I felt like Okay He brings up a good point This is something that uh, I know we've talked about On hot topics as well Sal Uh, With the races So many races uh, being condensed Into you know Just in this case Just one day from one day to the next Um, And in the cup They race on Sunday And then they're racing again on Wednesday uh, and their body's not really having a chance to recover, Sal, are you still there?
2: you know what and actually, you know we've seen a couple drivers you know you know show that fatigue factor you know um you know with that you know, and uh you know what it's and that's why it's important for these teams to remind their drivers you know to stay you know you know you gotta stay hydrated throughout the week, I mean you just can't hydrate a day or two before the race, you know, and especially, like you said, you know, as often as they're running races back to back to back like this, you know, they really need to, you know, make sure, you know, they're eating right, getting the proper rest, you know, hydrating themselves, you know, and, and, you know, because sure NASCAR has a schedule out, but it seems like this schedule might, you know, stick for a while. And a lot of it's going to matter on, you know, on what happens with this pandemic, you know, what, you know, now we're starting to see, you know, spikes in different cities, you know, and you know what, you know, I mean, NASCAR basically they're at the they're at the mercy of the you know whatever the government, you know, whatever the the local governments you know is going to allow. So you know, and it's up to the drivers you know to make sure you know that they're, you know, that they're doing their best you know to you know to to keep their, you know, their health in good shape. You know what, and make sure that they're hydrated. You know they're ready for the you know, for the, um, you know, for the upcoming, you know, back to blight like, this weekend, they ran what Friday was it Friday, and Saturday or was it Saturday and Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. They ran, they
0: ran um, uh, yeah, they ran Saturday and Sunday.
2: Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's not like it's a late model race, you know, like we do over here, you know, 40, 50 laps, you know, that these mm-hmm. are, these are, these are long races, you know, and it, it takes a, it takes a lot out of that, out of the, um, takes a lot out of the, uh, you know, out of the drivers.
0: Yes. Do you want to uh, cover the points report, Sal?
2: Yeah, then I was already there, too. Okay, the points after the contender boats, 250 at Homestead Miami Speedway, we still got uh, the same three drivers up at the top, which is Noah Gregson, Chase Briscoe, and Harrison Burton. The only difference being is that Chase Briscoe now added another width, so now Chase Briscoe is leading the series in wins with three. And uh, points-wise, I mean, it's not going to matter between those three because they're already locked into the chase. And then we go down the next three. We go to Austin Cedric, fourth, Ross Chastain, fifth, and Brandon Jones, sixth. And, of course, Brandon Jones has the win. Even though he moved up in the points, it's not really going to, like we said, it's not going to matter because of the – because of the uh the wind that he has. hmm
0: hmm. And then from seventh. Okay, I'll go ahead and say that. Uh Justin Haley is in seventh place. Uh you've got Justin Algauer in eighth. And Ryan Sieg uh in ninth place. Michael Lynette runs out the top ten there. Uh, But it's 12 that go into the playoffs, so you've got Riley Earps and Daniel Hemrick holding the number 11 and number 12 spots. On the outside looking in, you have Brandon Brown, Josh Williams, and Maya Snyder taking us through the top 15 here. So uh, Sal did a good job of uh, letting you know uh, what's happening uh, with the points with regard to wins. Uh, Two drivers have the two wins Only one driver with three wins now And that is uh, Chase Briscoe. So okay Sal you're back I went ahead and went down the list Of the uh, drivers Through the top 15
2: Okay Yeah I'm I'm sorry about that We have a We have a dog issue Unfortunately (laughs) I forgot to lock the dog outside And uh, now she is officially Locked outside Okay Okay
0: So uh, The only guys that are really really Racking up any uh, playoff points Right now are those three drivers At the top as well Sal
2: Yeah they're 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 Really just spacing themselves Yeah they're really just spacing themselves I mean now basically it's just You know picking up playoff points you know You know for the you know, for when the chase starts, you know, to see, you know, you know, to really, to really um, uh, uh, solidify themselves in.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Okay, now I do still have some post-race audio. If there's another person you'd like to hear from, uh, Greg Zippadelli was the uh, crew chief for Chase Briscoe this weekend uh, because he's – Uh, His regular crew chief was on suspension for four races because of the ballast or or the casing for the ballast that came out of Chase's car on Saturday, uh, created a penalty for that team. And he's uh, so Greg Zipidelli stepped in as the crew chief. I have uh, post-race audio from him. We have Brandon Jones and Ross Chastain and Justin Haley. As well as Anthony Alfredo, so anybody that you want to hear from in that group?
2: Oh that's fine, Sharon. you know it, you know like I said you know anybody that we listen to you know be a you know be
0: a okay be let's go to Brandon Jones then who finished in second place. he drives the number nineteen for Joe Gibbs racing.
5: Ah uh, Brandon, can you hear us?
4: No good yep, I got you.
5: perfect. All right, well, congrats on your second place finish today. Kind of a wild restart there um, at the end. So um, just knowing we're all kind of short on time with the second race coming up, we're gonna go ahead and just start with questions. Um, So if you have a question for Brandon Jones, please um, continue to use the two options to ask a question. You may raise your hand within the Zoom platform or you may use the chat session as well. And we are gonna kick off with our first question from Dustin Long. Dustin, go ahead.
2: Brandon, now that you've gotten through the uh, two races in two days, what did you learn, um, experience about it? Obviously, the cup
4: drivers will go through that in a couple weeks in Pocono, although it may not be as hot as what you guys suffered this weekend. Yeah, this was uh, this was by far probably the hottest we've been in a while, anyways. Um, I, I think it was great that we were able to run back-to-back races. Uh, it was great that we were able to take the same exact car uh, to the second race as well. That really helped us. Uh, with our notes, kind of jumping on the car for today um, It's a part different for really I know yesterday um, Kind of had the speed of penalty, but we were in the same exact spot And uh, we had a shot to win it today Thank you
0: Okay So pretty much the same thing He thought uh, it was one of the hottest Races they've had to date And uh, It's pretty much the same thing that uh, Chase was saying
2: Yeah You know what and, and, and you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know what, and that's going to be, that's going to continue to be the, you know, you know, one one of the biggest subjects, you know, when it comes to, you know, what, you know, what NASCAR is doing, you know, as far as riding, as far as racing, you know, these, uh, these, um, you know, races the way they're running them right now. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's just, just, uh, uh, it's, just, it's just the way it is is.
0: <laughs> mhm. It is It is And uh, unfortunately uh, You know A lot of these races uh, They were planning to run Homestead Miami uh, In the spring When the weather might have been A little bit cooler uh, So for them to be Racing now in June Instead of in uh, February Or March uh, Is a huge difference uh, for what, the, what they had originally anticipated for this particular race But uh, uh, I think the guys overall are doing the best they can uh, Given the situation and, and you're right, Sal It's all about, you know, what are you doing before the race To prepare yourself uh, for all of this uh, high heat uh, That uh, these drivers are experiencing in these cars so, you know, they just have to stay vigilant and uh, try to stay on top of it. Uh, these guys, I think, had it particularly rough this weekend because they had back-to-back races between Saturday and then coming right back again on Sunday uh, with no recovery time.
2: You know, and another thing, you know, I think it's I, – I i know the fans, you know, looking through social media, you know, i I, I know the fans are enjoying it. You know, they're enjoying, you know, the – you know, especially the weekday races, you know, cause you home from work, you know, there's really nothing to do, you know, watch, you know, I know right now, everybody's hooked on Netflix, you know, everybody's passing around. Why, what's good on Netflix, this, that, you know, when you can get a race and, you know, race, you know, dropped in there, you know, like, like on a Wednesday or Thursday night, you know, makes it nice, you know, you know, you know, cause now, you know, now you have something, you know, different to, uh, you know, you know, now you got something different, you know, to, uh, you know to watch and uh, you know makes it you know makes it just that much more. You know, it kind of it kind of yeah, it's fun. It is you know and you know and it's neat you know to see you know these, you know these you know how these drivers are handling the, you know how they're handling you know the, you know the, all the different you know dynamics that go into racing you know, you know twice a week instead of you know once a week.
0: Yes, indeed. Okay, Sal, let's go ahead and move on now to the NASCAR Cup Series race that was held on Sunday, the Dixie Vodka 400 race winner Denny Hamlin at the age of 39 in his number 11 FedEx Office Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing and with his crew chief, Christopher Gabehart. Now, Denny Hamlin won the 22nd annual Dixie Vodka 400 His 40th victory in 519 NASCAR Cup Series races, it was his third victory and his seventh top ten finish this season, and his third victory and 11th top ten finish in 17 races at Homestead Miami Speedway. Now, Chase Elliott finished second, posting his third top ten finish in six races at Homestead Miami Speedway. It is his eighth top 10 finish in 20 in 2020 Ryan Blaney finished third posting his first top 10 finish in seven races at Homestead Miami Speedway Tyler Reddick was the highest finishing rookie and he finished in fourth place any thoughts there yeah
2: that yeah you know what um Once again, I I recorded the race and it didn't, it didn't get the whole thing, but I was watching, you know, kind of following it. And, um, you know, Tyler Reddick, I, from what I heard, he got excited with I guess one lap to go. He thought he had won the race and his crew chief said, Hey dude, you still got, he was going to try to, I guess he was going to slow down and do a burnout or something. And his crew chief told him, Hey, you Mm. know what? You're not, there's still one lap left, but, um, uh, Toby Christie had posted, you know, you know, the." You know he has he has the audio on his on his website.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know of, mm-hmm. of, of the um, conversation between him and Tyler, but you know and uh, you know the crew told him he goes, hey, don't worry, you know everybody makes that mistake. You know everybody has made that mistake. But um, mm-hmm. man Tyler Reddick, rookie man, that guy is just he's on fire. I mean he's he's running he it, and, and especially in, especially in an a RCR car. I mean RCR yeah. has been so far behind the eight ball in the last oh gosh I don't know how many years. You know they, you know they're just I don't know what's wrong with their developmental program, but they just weren't, you know, competitive. And you know, and then you know, then they pick up Tyler Reddick, you know, as a rookie, you know, and he's 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 really showing you know what zooming and his and what is you know his worth, you know, you know what he's worked to the team, you know, and you know it's it's amazing because you know you you think of the drivers that have gone through. The RCR program, you know where they're at today, you know, and you know, and so um, you know, you got to got to give a lot of kudos to to uh, Tyler Reddick.
0: Without a doubt, I totally agree with you. It's it's amazing what he's been able to do. Now, in fifth place uh, in the in the uh, Dixie Vodka Four Hundred is Eric Almarola. Sixth through tenth place, we have Kyle Busch in sixth, Austin Dillon, the new Papa in seventh, and then Christopher Bell, another rookie, finishing in eighth place. William Byron finished ninth, and Brad Keselowski rounds out the top ten for the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, any thoughts there or any other thoughts about drivers that we did not mention?
2: No, not really. I mean, uh, you know, um, Jimmy Johnson, you know, still kind of, you know, trucking along, you know, and, you know, he had a good – um you know he had a good finish. You know down down the 16th, but um, you know when you look at the top 10, you know Brad Keselowski, William Byron, Christopher Bell, you know a good run for him. I mean, you know what? You got to give a good shout out to Christopher Bell because he's another rookie that came in and he's not really running, you know with one of the you know one of the top tier teams. You know Joe Gibbs, you know held on to you know put him in the 95 car, and um, you know he's had his issues, you know throughout the season, you know. But I mean, you know to get a to get a top 10 finish, you know was really, um, you know was really. uh you know, neat, you know, just to see that out of Christopher Bell.
0: Yes, it was. Uh, Denny Hamlin pretty much sweeped this race. He won both the first and the second stage, as well as winning the race. There were 16 caution flags for 27 laps and also 18 lead changes among just seven drivers. So, uh, pretty amazing there as well. Now, again, we do have post-race audio from Denny Hamlin, the race winner, so uh, let's go ahead and play that. Again, driving the number 11 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing.
5: Congratulations on another victory. Thank you for joining us um, here this evening. We know it's late, so we appreciate you um, Given us a couple of minutes, we will go ahead and take questions for Denny. If you have one, once again, friendly reminder, you may raise your hand within the Zoom platform or use the chat option as well. And we are going to start with Lee Spencer with our first question. Lee, go ahead.
0: Thank you. Sorry about that. I didn't expect to be first. Congratulations, Denny. I, I know you just won, but has have you had time for it to set in that this is your
3: 40th career win and where that puts you i mean 19th all time
4: wins um you know the other three active drivers in the sport with
0: 40 wins they're champions and likely to be first round hall of famers
4: yeah i mean it's um it's a good number I, it's a it's a number that uh I, i've been looking at for quite a few years and at one point i didn't know if i'd get there <laughs> but um yeah, you've adjusted. I've adjusted my goals since then, and and um, you know, there's a bigger number I'd like to get to. But uh, you know, we're just um, we've been on a roll these last two years, um, and myself and Chris have got a good thing going. Um, and it just works. I mean, we we have those crazy races like we had last week, but then you know we we come back and, and do something like this. So uh, I, I don't know. It's just um, cars are driving good. Um, you know, I still don't think that we're at the top of our game uh, with our team uh, yet. I think we're still got some room to get better. So I'm pretty happy that uh, we're able to reel off some wins right now, given the circumstances.
1: What was the catalyst for you
6: reevaluate?
0: Okay, uh, so 40th, 40, 40 wins for Denny Hamlin. That's amazing, Sal.
2: Yeah, you know he's really starting to. Uh, of speed, you know, late, late. I you, we kind of call it late in his career, you know, because he's been around for a while now. But, um, you know, he was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he probably sat back and thought, Well, would I ever, first of all, would I ever get to 40 wins? You know, then now I'm at 40 wins, you know, and I'm almost on the heels of Kevin Harvick, you know, who's at what Kevin's at 51 or something like that.
0: You know, right. Kevin's been in the
2: series longer, longer than Denny. But, you know, to think, you know, that he's already in the 40 club, you know, and, you know, just kind of, you know, moving along, you know, quietly, you know, not making a lot of noise this season. You know what? He's not doing the Denny Hamlin, the Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin thing, you know, and, you know, he's just kind of staying quiet, you know, as he says. He moves up the, you know, you know, picks up his wins, you know what? and does what he has to do. Maybe, maybe figure, you know it's time to just – just time to relax, you know what? And just you know, let if, it, if the winds come. I mean, you know, he's
1: God. Mm-hmm. He's he's
2: he's getting good at all these tracks. When you think about it, I mean, you know, two Daytona five hundred wins. You know what? And he's getting good on the super speedways. We already know he's good at the short tracks. You know, he's at Martinsville and Richmond. You know and then now he's getting these um these mile and a half tracks. So, you know, this late in his career, you know, so you kind of wonder, you know, how, you know, is, is he? Is now is he is he maturing you know or what, but
0: he might be ready a, for a championship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh do you want to read off the um uh series point standings?
2: Yeah, so the series point standings go um Kevin Harvick is leading, Chase Elliott second, Joey Logano in third, Red Keselowski, fourth, and Ryan Blaney round out the top five. Uh once again, you know, you got the top three, you know, actually the top four each has two wins each, and Chase Elliott only has that one one win in there, but Chase Elliott's been knocking on the door, you know. He should have had at least two more wins, you know, in there. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen circumstances, you know, have but still, you know, he still has that win, so he's, he's still in, he still has himself locked in the chase. And then you go down to... um Six is Martin Schuick's his teammate Danny Hamlin, Alex Bowman in eighth, and then Kyle Bush ninth, and Kurt Bush round right off the top ten. So you got the two Bush brothers right there, ninth and tenth. And uh, it's it's strange not to see Kyle Bush without a win so far this season. You know, sure he's yeah. got the win in the truck series and an Xfinity, but you know what? He still hasn't had that cup win. And I remember a few years ago, he, he had that drought where he, he didn't win a race till like, towards the end of the season. But um, once he starts winning races, you know, he, he's, he has a, a sneaky way of, you know, putting them all, you know, putting them together. You know what, instead of one, you know, we'll, we'll run six races and win four or five of them. So, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be knocked out the door for that first win. I'm sure he's, sure he's getting frustrated, and, he you know, he wants to break that. He wants to get up in that win column.
0: Exactly. And then um, now we do see then, the yeah, the sixteen. Okay.
2: Yeah. And then from there then we go down to Jimmy Johnson eleventh. Clint Boyer twelfth. Eric Alvarolla thirteenth. Matt D. Uh Benedetto and fourteenth. William Byron fifteenth and the top sixteen would be um Austin Dillon. So uh um and then you gotta go Tyler Reddick in there. He's only two points behind Austin Dillon in the points right now and uh he's actually the top rookie and uh gosh i mean tyler reddick is having one like i said one heck of a season and he just might make the chase you know in his in his um in his rookie Rookie. season but when you look at the yeah you look at the top 16 uh actually um danny hamlin is the one that's so far leading the the series you know with, with the with the three wins and uh so looks like it's going to end up finish out to be a really good season this year.
0: Yes, indeed. I think, uh, again, we've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, you've got uh, the three drivers with two victories, and then, of course, Denny Hamlin with three, uh, and three other drivers with one victory. So uh, quite a few winners here in the Cup Series, and, and I'm glad to see that. Uh, I like it when we see a variety of different winners. Uh, and then with Talladega coming up uh, this coming weekend, it's almost going to be uh, anybody's guess who can come out on top in that race.
2: Yeah, it's um, they're you know, that's why these drivers, you know, they're the best in the world. You know what? And you know, by the um, you know, when you look at the point standings, you look at the races they've won. You know what? And you just look at the field all up and down. Uh, you know, um, you know, of course, you know, everybody's wondering, you know, what would happen if Kyle Larson was still in the series? You know, where would he be in the, you know, the standings? You know, unfortunately, you know, he's not with us anymore, but, um, you know, I mean, but, you know, Ryan Newman, 25th, you know, the points, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of not something that we're not used to seeing Ryan Newman that low on the points. And, and I know that NASCAR went ahead and gave the, uh, you know, they gave they you know the exception, you know, to where he can't he can still make the chase, but because of that accident he had in Daytona, you know what he he missed a lot of races. But you know, he kind of wonder where where Ryan Newman would fit in, you know, in in the you know the draft scheme of things.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it's uh, it is amazing. Uh, now we do have additional audio. Uh we did we li- we didn't listen to Denny Hamlin yet, did we? Oh yes we did.
2: No, we didn't. Did we?
0: We didn't. Okay. I'm trying to think if we did or didn't. Um I do have bought race audio here from Denny Hamlin. I think Lee Oh yeah, Lee Lee Spencer asked him the question about the 40 wins. So Uh, We do have Chris Gabart, his crew chief here. We also have Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, and Austin Dillon. Uh, Shall we just go with the second guy again, Sal?
2: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Okay, this is Chase Elliott, uh, driver of the number nine Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. Oops, hold on. It didn't give me the page. Yeah, okay, we can't listen to Chase Elliott. For some reason, it's not available. Uh, how about Ryan Blaney? He's the third place finisher. We'll we'll try him.
5: All right. We've now been joined by Ryan Blaney. If you have questions for Ryan? Please, once again, um, raise your hand within the Zoom platform or send us a notification on the chat um, option as well. And we will go to our first question from Jeff with Empire Sports. Jeff, go ahead.
4: Hi Ryan. Uh congrats on the strong fan today. Could you talk a little bit on how you
3: kind of adjusted with all the glows and the lightning delays and whatnot? Yeah, it was a little bit different. I mean obviously uh we raced later than we
4: thought, you know, it's so, um so but, you know, on the, on the other side of that, um, you know, the race that we're used to down here usually ends, you know, a little bit later like that too, so for at night time at least, so had a little bit of an idea of kind of where the track was going to go, but now we just kept adjusting all night with what we needed. You know, I mean, that's, that's difficult getting in and out of the car and that's just things, but you know, the safety side has to be important of it. And um, it's part of it, but uh, it was definitely, you know, unfortunate, but nice once we got rolling that we, uh, where it was to not stop. It feels like we're
1: talking to you once this year. This is one, this is,
0: Okay, so that was uh Ryan Blaney. He's the only driver in that top group that does not yet have a win, but he's certainly been knocking on the door so
2: yeah, he has you know what and and i'm sure I'm sure we'll see him you know grab a win you know before you know you know hopefully you know before the the chase starts you know he's um you know he's got he's got a you know two good solid teammates with him, you know what, and it seems like you know, the three of them work good together, you know, Joey, Brad, and Brian, you know, and, uh you know, and who else better to have, you know, as a teammate, you know, help you along, you know, than, you know, two drivers, you know, who, you know, who not only would help, you know, but they actually wanted him on the team, you know, when they were, you know, when Joe Gibbs was talking, not Joe Gibbs, but Roger Penske, you know, was talking about putting the team together in the third driver, you know what? Joey and Brad had a lot of put on it, you know, so, um, you know, and Ryan is really a really a super guy. You know, to be around and stuff like that. You know, really easy going. You know, so uh, you know you you know you have to know you know that they're um, you know he's just around the corner.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's uh, definitely knocking on that door. And uh, Ryan Blaney uh, has been very solid. I think this year, racing up in that top five uh, quite a bit of the time. And so that's why he's where he's at. Even though he doesn't have a win yet, he's right up there with the guys who are winning uh, in the series point standings because he's been so c- consistent, and uh, that's always a good thing.
2: Yeah, it is. You know what? And, and that's what you want. You know, you want consistency. You want to. You want a driver, you know, that, that's you know, pushing hard. You know what? And um, you know, one that you know that's not out there, you know, making a bunch of enemies. <laughs>
0: True. That is very true. <clears throat>
2: you know, because um, some are Some they're out there. I mean, you know, and <laughs> but you know, they're all over the place. I mean, they're not. They're not only in 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 the top three series, but they're at your local short track too.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of which, I was going to give you a little time here at the end of the show. I, you mentioned you were at uh, Irwindale Speedway. No fans in the stands. How did how did that kind of feel being at the track? With no fans in
2: the stands and the racing that's going on, you know what it's it's you know what it, it and, and and I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw this in, but it, it kind of falls back on you know what what the um what, we, what me and you have talked about off the air, you know with the uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know the with the racing, you know I even posted on Twitter about it, but you know what we we, we go, you go to race watch racing you know what sure the fans are part mm-hmm. of the experience you know the drivers like it you know especially when they get out of the car you know to hear the cheering um, from my perspective it doesn't matter if there's a fan or if there's one fan or if there's a million fans because I, I don't pay attention to what's going on you know out, outside of looking you know uh, you know what the photos I need to get but going back to the racing aspect you know you know the we're watching at home you know what and we're seeing some really good racing You know, Mm
1: -hmm. from
2: all three series, you know, it's not just from one series, you know, like it normally is. But, I mean, you know, you're seeing really good racing from all three series, you know. And I just think, you know, for what's going on, I I think NASCAR and and all the tracks, you know, made the right call, you know, by not allowing the fans in. Um, You know, and, uh, you know what, and the fans, the listeners that are listening, you guys got to remember, you know what, no matter what's going on with NASCAR, you know what, you watch the sport to watch what's going on on the track, not what's going on outside of the track you know what and, and don't ever let that det- deter or make you you know hate the sport you know for whatever reason you know what right. because these drivers they're putting on a show for us you know i'm not at the track taking photos so i'm watching at home and i love it you know what and and, uh, and i wouldn't give it up for anything because like i said the ratings during the week are great because everybody wants to see racing during the week you know so you know so don't let all the all the small stuff take away from the big picture which is the which is the money that these teams are spending to get out to the track you know for all these races you know besides the cameras don't even hard to even show the fans anyways they just show the fans you know as the cars go by but um right. you know, just and just in you a... know
0: what there's no difference in what the guys are doing on the track they're all racing exactly. as hard as they would if fans were there so
2: and, and and think about the money you're saving I mean you
0: get to sit home
2: you get to eat your own meals, you know what? You, you you drink your own beer, you know what? And if and if you don't if you don't want to watch it, you know what? You can go somewhere else and put the DVR on and come back and, you know, and and I mean I and and I know that that that's not a NASCAR experience, you know, but I'm just you know kind of, you know, you, you know we for for what we're given right now, we just really got to thank NASCAR that that they took the initiative, you know, to run these races, you know, with or without fans, you know, to mm-hmm. follow the you know the, the law of the land. You know what? And and because you know COVID nineteen, you know what? We're going to run them. You know what? And and Mm -hmm. we're going to take the precautions we have to take. You know what? And we're going to give the fans what they want, and they're giving you guys what you want. So I mean, you know, put everything, everything else that's going on. Yeah, just throw it out. Don't even worry about it. You know what? Just worry about, you know, when that when that green flag drops and when the checkered flag waves. Those are the only two flags you should worry about during the whole race. That's
0: all you got to worry about. That's right. Yep. Now Sal, who who won out at Irwindale this weekend?
2: Um, Trevor Hoddleston won both both uh we had yeah, they Trevor. ran twin thirty five yeah, they ran twin thirty five late model races and Trevor won the first one. We ran the full thirty five and the second one we were twelve laps short because of an accident and by the time they were gonna clean it up, you know, it was gonna it was gonna start to get into the to the evening. They're trying to run the races without having to put the track lights on. Because they didn't want to draw any attention, you know, to the track. So, hmm. and ra- rather than clean up and run twelve laps, they figured, you know what, let's just, you know, end it here, you know. And so they ended it there, and um, so Trevor ended up getting getting the two wins on on Saturday afternoon.
0: Well, good for Trevor. I'm uh, happy to hear that he was able to get that double header win. So I want to say thank you for being here tonight. We always appreciate you. And I know uh, you and I will be back here next Monday night to review Talladega. That should be a fun one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Okay. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you at 8:30 p.m. on Monday.
2: All right. Thanks, everybody. Everybody have a good weekend, and we'll and we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Okay. Good night, guys. Okay. Good night. All right. Uh we are at the top of the hour and that always means it is now time for NASCAR hot topic sound off. And uh a lot of the guys were busy tonight, so it's just gonna be you and me, Jay.
6: Yeah, well I, you know, I know you said that uh Sal's schedule uh, keeps him on a kind of a tight schedule, uh, as far as his window. Uh I was kinda hoping maybe we could mm-hmm. get him to stay on tonight since I know Andy and Mike weren't oh. uh weren't available but <laughs> um one day, one day. Yeah,
0: he, he he gets right. He gets home from work and goes right from the car to getting ready for the radio show. So I I uh, kind of uh, didn't ask him even to come on tonight because I know he's he's always ready to be done uh, because he still has his dinner to eat and everything else. So, but that was a good thought.
6: Well, you know, you and I can still have some discussion. Uh, I know we got a list. I got a list anyway of several topics, and I think we got some of the feedback from the other uh, members of the team on some of them anyway.
0: Okay, and you probably have a better feel on that than I do. Uh, I know the the chat room and the the, uh, messenger was pretty busy this weekend with all the racing that was going on. Why don't you go ahead and put the first uh, hot topic out there?
6: Well, keep keep in mind some of that in the chat room was just me and Mike jabbing at each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and I will I will, I you will acknowledge a, a that i <laughs> I may I may have initiated some of that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I know this this is one that uh, obviously both uh, Andy and Mike um, had some opinion on, and was breaking news as of today, I believe. But the All Star race being moved to yeah. Bristol, uh, the first time in what? I'm not even sure I can do the math. What was it, eighty six, <laughs> eighty seven, somewhere where it was in Atlanta uh, the one time?
0: Yeah, it's been a long time. So uh,
6: there's several um, layers to it, but we'll start. We'll start with that. Just it, it's it's going to be at Bristol this year.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm kind of personally I'm kind of excited about it. I didn't hear what the other guys had to say about that, but I thought it was a a good move. Uh, There were some concerns with regard to the COVID issue, um, and uh, they wanted to make sure that fans would be able to be in attendance. They're saying that thirty thousand fans can be in attendance at Bristol Motor Speedway uh, because. Tennessee is on the decline, and so they are opening up a little bit uh, further along in their opening up process than what they are in North Carolina. So that was pretty cool to hear. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited about it being at Bristol, especially after watching uh, the Bristol racing there. I thought the racing was really good. Uh, it's starting to remind me of the old Bristol with – Uh, A a lot of – it's not – I don't think we'll ever be back to the old, old Bristol, but uh, the racing is starting to get really good, I think, at Bristol, and so that makes it uh, pretty cool. The fact that fans can be in attendance is going to be a really big deal, 30,000 fans, and that uh, uh, the NASCAR's best battle for $1 million take-all prize – So that always makes it exciting because every single one of those drivers want to win that $1 million. There's also the uh, NASCAR All-Star Open that will be uh, broadcast uh, the same night as the uh, All-Star Race. So uh, it's going to be uh, exciting from that perspective. Uh, Let me see if I can give you some of the rundown here of uh, how the drivers are selected. Um, uh, To be eligible to compete in the all-star race, full-time drivers must have won a 2019 or 2020 Cup Series race. They must have won a previous all-star race or be a former Cup Series champion. Drivers currently eligible include Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Justin Haley, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, Eric Jones, Matt Kenseth, Brad Keselowski, Joy Logano, Ryan Newman, and Martin Truex, Jr. So uh, those are the drivers that are eligible. There is a fan vote, and that is available now. Uh, you can go to nascar.com Slash favorite uh, To be able to vote for your favorite driver And uh, keep in mind The final four spots are reserved For two stage winners uh, And race winner from the all-star Open as well as the winner From the all-star fan vote So uh, um, I I think it's a good Move coming to Bristol uh, I think uh, Charlotte was starting to get A little bit old for people Uh with the uh, change in venue, uh, it just was a golden opportunity to try this out at a different location. And Marcus Smith was on Hub today, and he just said, uh, you know, it's only 150 miles away from Charlotte, uh, which makes it convenient for the guys uh, that are going to be racing where a lot of them are home-based in Charlotte. So I like the idea. I, I'm, I'm very happy. I didn't get into right, the format. Well, Maybe you can go over the format, Jay.
6: I actually, actually, I don't think that because it is now a short track, that, that format is going to be uh, altered oh, it's a little bit. going to be all
1: different. I know. Yes.
6: Right. When, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Marcus Smith being on Race Hub, you know, that they're looking at that, obviously, with it being a, a short track, a half-mile track, that that's going to be altered a little bit. So I, I haven't seen any details on that yet. Um but if you give me a minute here, we'll we'll, we'll still go around the horn. I'll, I'll be Andy for a minute here, I believe. <laughs> I have all the comments here. Okay, all-star race moving to Bristol. Wow and awesome. And being that you talked about the all-star vote, he is not yet eligible. Rooting for Clint Boyer when the uh, one of the stages or the all-star open. If not, I'm sure he'll be campaigning for him on the uh, all-star <laughs> um, fan vote. Now, yes. to be nice, I'll let I'll let Mike go next. Uh, his comment, and I'm reading it word for word, is "Finally, it won't be the all snore race." And there again, <laughs> pretty confident that I could say he'll be rooting for Matt Benedetto in the stages or open win or via the fan vote if necessary. Then I would come in to disagree with Mike a little bit, if you can believe that. So back up to. <laughs> <laughs> I I I want everybody to feel like they're still here. (laughs) Yeah, I want them to feel (laughs) like they're still here. So, no, uh, I do understand a a mile-and-a-half track, the opinion of some that that it can be a little uh, snooze fest. However, especially with the all-star format and the racing we have seen under that event, I have said this for the past couple of years, I think that all-star open race has been one of the best that oh, yeah. of racing we have seen in years past. Um it goes back to Chase Elliott and I'm trying to think who he battled with. But we have seen some great, great races um all the way through for that reason, especially when they added the fact of the stage winners also advanced. So mm-hmm. but I am excited to see it at Bristol. Obviously a half mile short track, Bristol what it is, is gonna provide some action so And I have been of the philosophy I would like to see it rotate. I know normally it is held with the Coca-Cola 600 weekend right there in Charlotte. Again, the hometown hub, fans, family, or teams and family all get to sleep at home, be at home, spend that time in the area, um, and not be on the road. So they did it for that aspect. This year, in the situation we're under, they have done it for the fans' benefit. Um,
1: mm-hmm. the
6: fact that, as you mentioned, Charlotte, the, the Carolina area, isn't as open as what Tennessee is. So they did it for the fans, which I like, um, as fans get to start coming back to these races. And I do think it is as Marcus Smith said, and I mentioned this with some other things this year, the way things have gone, the midweek races, the double headers that, that we've now seen book an opportunity to test some things that they may look at in the future. So we may be seeing a change for the future of NASCAR. So I do view Mm -hmm. it as a good thing overall. Does that mean I don't think it should be on any mile and a half track? No, I don't. Uh, You know, you and I agree. Chicagoland, (laughs) a mile and a half, has been one of the best races we've seen. And, again, once you limit it and adjust it to a winner-take-all, money on the line, that's it. I mean, that changes how the race goes. So, uh, yes. like I said, I disagree with Mike a little bit there when it comes to that being the all-star race itself, the format to it. But I am excited about it being at Bristol, no doubt.
0: Yes, I am, too. I, I, I When I heard it, I, I was like, whoa, I didn't think that would happen yet. Uh, I thought maybe they were just going to not do the all-star race this year. Uh, The way it was looking Since we'd been to Charlotte And no All-Star race happened I just kind of figured uh, Maybe that uh, was going to go To the wayside this season Uh, But yet when they came out With the news today That it was going to be at Bristol uh, I was uh, very, very excited to hear that And it will be the 36th running Of the NASCAR All-Star event uh, But it's the very first time that they will be running this on a short track, so uh, that's uh, they're putting some thought into what that format's going to look like, and I can't wait to hear it. I don't think we've given the date yet. Uh, they are running this All Star Race on July the fifteenth at Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, I'm sure more details will be coming out as time goes on. Here, uh, they said it's 150 miles. 59 miles northwest of Charlotte Motor Speedway. And uh, so they thought this was a good opportunity uh, to uh, be able to, to give this a shot. So um, I think one of the things, that one of my pet peeves are the people who ride at the back. And I know they've been trying to address that uh, with the uh, different formats that they put out more recently but I think it's going to be really hard to just ride at the back at Bristol Motor Speedway. And so from that aspect, I'm really excited because I think we're going to be seeing some racing action.
6: And you're right. That is something that had years past. And over, over the past five to six years, I, I know that that's changed every year for that reason. Again, that the all-star race actually is one that the first, what we now have in regular racing for the stage racing they had in the all-star, um, under segments. I know when it initially started, there was money for each segment. And then again, with the possibility of the sandbagging, as you called it or referred to it, um, riding in the back, they started doing the, okay, we'll give you certain points for each segment under that, under the all-star race, it is referred to as a segment. And then your starting position for the final shootout, was based off of that. So if you were running up front the whole race, you had that advantage versus Mm -hmm. if you were going to hang towards the back, you were going to be penalized for it. So, and now, especially again, there with the all-star open, you got to be up front because those segment winners, as well as the final (laughs) shootout, those guys advance. So you see none of that in the open, which is again, why I think the open is just a phenomenal race. Some great drivers that haven't qualified, you know, this year, I mentioned Clint Boyer, Matt DiBenedetto, um, Myself, I'd have to look at Bubba Wallace as a fan favorite. You know, every year there mm-hmm. there's so many drivers um, that have either been close, uh, you know, rookies, it's possible for rookies to get voted in. We've seen Tyler Reddick be the top-running rookie. Doesn't have a race mm-hmm. win yet, so he may have a chance. Austin Dillon has been, and I'm trying to think now, I don't think he was on the list, and he is a previous winner at Charlotte. Um, previous race winner, but not in the past two years, so his name isn't on there yet. So we got some good, good drivers, good racers that are going to be going. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, one that I know at Charlotte, uh, I'm sorry, Bristol being a good track for him, as well as Matt DiBenedetto. Mm-hmm. I know I saw Matt, Matt DiBenedetto's tweet of how excited he was that it's going to now be at Bristol. So. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's good to see the drivers excited about this as well. Um, I don't have anything really more to say, Jay. So, if you want to move on to the next topic, that would be awesome.
6: All right, uh, let's see. Uh, not even sure where to start here. Go top. We talked about it. RCR, uh, Austin Dillon, as well as Tyler Reddick. We have talked about Tyler Reddick the rookie, the year he is having, how well he's been doing, but got some stance off of Race Hub today. Ty, De- or, uh, I'm sorry, Austin Dillon has actually finished top 11 in four of the last five races. He did have to exit the car this past uh, week at um, Atlanta, I believe it was, but our, mm-hmm. RCR kind of on the upswing and taking a look at that, and I think that's kind of getting overlooked uh, with our Tyler Reddick doing well but saying Austin Dillon isn't keeping up Which if you get into the stats He actually is right there with him
0: Yes, I think having uh, Tyler Reddick At RCR Really motivates uh, Austin Dillon To kind of up his game And keep up with him So, uh, And it's possible As you say maybe they, Maybe as an organization They have actually turned things around And things are looking better uh, and it could be something as simple, too, Jay, as uh, those guys are just communicating well together. Uh, we know that those teams where the the drivers communicate and the teams communicate between each other uh, tend to do better than those drivers that uh, kind of stay in silos within an organization without that communication. So uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe – uh, they've got something that's finally clicked in there.
6: I hope so. And and that's one we've talked about throughout the years. I, I know, and they're going to uh, bring Mike back into the conversation. And, and I would have to agree with that, that they have really struggled. Even in Kevin Harvick's last few years, I think Harvick mm-hmm. was kind of the determining factor that he was running, winning races, but the organization wasn't progressing forward. And that may have been his reason for leaving to go to Stuart Haas, but, just like Roush Fenway racing went through Hendrick Motorsports a little bit as well, that we're starting to see that. And to me, I would love to see all of the teams be as competitive and as top notch as they can be. So to see RCR return to its prominence that it once was um, again is, is best for them. It's obviously better for the sport, the more top competitive teams you have. So I am excited about that. And I hope that does continue Whether Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick be favorite drivers of mine or not. I would, I like to see the teams be competitive and you get that good racing on track product.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and, and, you know, for a long time, uh, people were thinking that Austin Dillon, uh, could only race on the super speedways. Uh, but he is showing this year, uh, that he is being competitive on just about any track we race on. So, um, You know, at at the beginning of the season, uh, before we knew all of this, uh, we were saying that it's really important that Austin Dillon step up his game, and uh, I would have to say that he certainly has. Uh, They've got to take a a notch further, though, Jay, if you will, because they've got to go after those victories. And although uh, it would be great to see Tyler Reddick win, Uh, as a rookie, I don't necessarily expect him to win this season. um, But I would expect that Austin Dillon is at at that place in his career, um, that before the season is out, we should expect to see him winning now at some of these tracks.
6: Well, I wouldn't count it out of the realm, especially in the second half of the season, as we go back to these tracks for the second time, they got that cup experience now under their belt. And, and it didn't surprise me, you know, and you and I go back to last year and the year before, Tyler Reddick winning at Miami Homestead to win the two championships mm-hmm. that he did with two different teams to see him yeah. run that good in Christopher Bell, two rookies. And I don't remember how long they said it had been since a rookie had finished in the uh, top ten at Homestead Miami. Granted, that's always been the fall race for the championship, but to see two mm-hmm. drivers do it, wasn't a surprise based on the two drivers because we saw them do it in the Xfinity series. They're the ones that have no fear on running up against that wall, you know. And, that, and that's right <laughs> in Tyler Reddick's wheelhouse for sure. Christopher Bell being a close second to that, so that wasn't a surprise at all. I believe that majority no. of the race, Tyler Reddick was actually in the top five. Um, so, but it was great yeah, to see Christopher really Bell there that. as well.
0: Yeah, and don't you feel like Christopher Bell's kind of turned a corner uh, at this point? The last couple of races, it seems like he has finally kind of found his groove, if you will, um, and uh, seems to be hitting his stride now in the Cup Series.
6: It it certainly does appear so, and I know a lot of people, especially if they're kind of casual NASCAR fans, looking at the points where they're at or the finishes – Um, beginning of the year, they weren't running good. They weren't having good finishes. They picked that up since the return. He still had a couple of bad finishes, but it wasn't indicative of how he ran during the race. And that's where they got to start cleaning up the things, the pit road miscues, uh, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. mistakes
6: uh, from the driver or whatever. But he was running up front and competitive throughout the race, just didn't get the finish. Now we're going to start seeing where they put it all together. And like you said, get the finishes that indicate where they're running. And you mentioned with RCR and Austin Dillon getting those wins. Well, it's a progression. It's been a while since they've run top 10 every week. They're back to where they're at, so that next step is top 5 every week battling for the wins and getting some of them.
0: Mhm. That that's true. Okay, I I don't really have anything more to say. <laughs>
6: All if right. you
0: want to you, move on to the next one on your list
6: all right. did, you, did you have any topics? You know I did I actually came up with like 7 or 8 today While I was thinking about coming on the show tonight
0: <laughs> Well yeah That's what I figured I do not have a list tonight uh, But I knew you would have one So we'll just go down your list
6: Alright uh, they talked about this on Race Hub a little bit today. And I know, and I had to go back and watch the race. I was on the road and listening to it on the radio. But talking about Joey Logano and Chase Elliott. Uh, Chase Elliott okay. kind of addressed it in his post-race. He said he had a problem getting through lap traffic, not as good as he wanted to. One of those lap cars was Joey Logano, who felt Chase took a win away from him, cost him a race. Uh, two three weeks ago, or in this short span, I don't even know how long ago it was. A Couple races ago, um, so the, the the question is is did Joey Joey Logano a do it intentionally and get his retaliation without wrecking him, but preventing him from getting a win? Because lap traffic definitely cost Chase Elliott. I mean, him and Denny Hamlin were going to have a shootout; they were evenly matched, but that was mm-hmm. part of what held him up and allowed Denny Hamlin to take the lead back. So you know that question of did Joey get his revenge, be it subtly and indiscreetly
0: uh, I would say so <laughs> um I, I think Joey made it clear that uh and and he's made it clear not just with regard to chase Elliott, but he he's always said uh if I'll drive you the way you drive me uh and if if um if that's the way you want to race, then this is this is what we're going to do. So I don't think he had any intention of, of just moving over and letting him drive by. He was going to do everything he could to keep him behind him. So, yeah, I do feel like um, it was a very subtle and very uh, discreet way for him to do it. But I think at the same time, everybody kind of knew what was going on just based on the history between the two drivers.
6: Well, and, and to play the devil kid's advocate, there, uh, Larry McReynolds broke it down. They were about to go a second lap down. Should a caution have come out, and they were still one lap down, whether they take the wave around or could battle back up front, you know that two laps down with with what laps they had left, your shot at the win was over. Uh, being cool. one lap down, almost going the second lap, it wasn't a great shot, but. You know, again, should a caution come out, you take the wave round, you at least have that chance. So, you know, he is racing his race. You know, he didn't alter his line a whole bunch. I, I wouldn't say he cut down to block Chase Elliott. He was running his line, maybe a little bit lower, but again... As a as a driver, if you're a lap down, you're supposed to give give a lane for the leaders to go by. Chase just wasn't running as well up top and needed that bottom lane. If he'd have gone to the top mm-hmm. lane, it would have blocked Denny Hamlin. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we'd be having that same discussion, but he had to go somewhere in order to attempt to allow the leaders to run their race. Just so happened that Chase's line was on the bottom. His car wasn't working as well up top.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think he was doing it intentionally?
6: I I do think there, there was some, like I said, he, he did alter his line a little bit. I, he never cut down or stomped on his brakes and brake checked him or anything. But uh, I do think that there was probably a little bit more to other than just running his race um, there to it. But I, that that's one of those that you can't say, hey, that was intentional. You know, I can't see where NASCAR would say, hey, he intentionally did something. Because if so, it was very subtle, uh, you know. And we saw Chase Elliott do it after uh, Martinsville, him and Denny Hamlin, coincidentally, the two running there, do it at uh, Phoenix following their Martinsville one. He didn't run him up into the wall, but he didn't give him a whole lot of room either. Had it been a different mm-hmm. driver, he may have given him that little bit more room being that it was Denny Hamlin, yeah, he didn't give him an inch, you know. So, like you said, (laughs) and Joey has always maintained that, you know, I'm going to race the same way whoever you are, especially if it's how Mm -hmm. I feel you've raced me. So I'm sure there was some of that there uh, to a degree. Um, But also, like I said, I mean, they're they're fighting. They were having a rough day as it was and, and going two laps down, put it at zero chance of winning. You know, they at least had a 5%, 10% if they don't go that second lap down.
0: That's true. That's true. And, um, you know, I I agree with everything that you said there because, um, you know, there's uh, there's definitely the the feeling between the two of them, and it hasn't gotten any better, I don't think, even with the conversation between the two drivers because – uh, I think the conversation just kind of ended with we'll have to agree to disagree um, on what happened. So you, you kind of figure at some point something's going to happen down the road, and, and I think this was down the road and this was something that was going to happen. So.
6: All right. Well, I know we got a few minutes here uh, before we hit the thirty mark, and we tested this last week. We do still have a little bit of overtime, and I do have like three, mm-hmm. four more topics. So, if you wanted to hit your
0: mm-hmm.
6: uh, mark, thirty nice mark feel.
0: here. Yes. For those listeners who may be listening for the first time, uh, we do go off the air right at ten thirty p.m. Eastern time. Uh, however, we do continue recording. Uh, For part of our overtime bonus material That is available on our podcast So uh, even though we'll be going off the air uh, You will be able to hear the rest of the conversation What I do is as soon as we get finished I post on Twitter that the podcast uh, Is soon to be available And uh, when you're able to go in you can just fast forward to the two hour mark to hear the rest of the conversation uh from that nine thirty time frame forward. Um, so do watch for the the text message or not text but the uh, Twitter message, and then you'll know that that podcast is available. uh It does take time to download, so uh don't expect it to be available immediately, but as soon as it finishes downloading, it will. All right. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, it's going to be seamless. You will be able to listen straight through. So with that, uh, did you hear the 90-minute warning, Jay?
6: I haven't I haven't heard a countdown uh, yet tonight.
0: Okay, you're not hearing it tonight. I was just curious because I hear it every week, but uh, you guys all heard it for the first time last week. I didn't know if that was something new that they were doing.
6: It, it was because I have truthfully never heard that before in, in the two plus years that that I've been doing this with you. That was the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. All, of, all of this revolves around all of this revolves around Mike being on. I don't know if that's coincidental or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your next topic?
6: Well, we were talking about Denny Hamlin, and I know uh, Sharon, you've been one that that have had this concern in previous years, a driver being strong early on and looking like a heavy favorite for the championship, but then it not panning out as other drivers come on when they need to during the playoffs and in that final event right now, Denny Hamlin definitely looking strong, uh, picking up his third victory of the year and has been competitive in all the races so far this year uh, as a whole, especially with the lacking of Toyotas. Um, so is he kind of peaking too early, and what do we expect when it comes down to championship run time?
0: You know, it's funny that you bring that up, because I was kind of thinking about that, too, earlier. Um, I've always been a little critical of Denny Hamlin, saying that uh, there, there was something emotionally missing uh, that was kind of preventing him from being a championship contender uh, in the previous uh, playoffs. But this year, I do kind of feel like maybe um, he's gotten past that, and it seems like the relationship with him and Chris Gabehart is, are, is a pretty good relationship, and it sounds like they talk, they're they're communicating with each other very well. So I don't know. I do have concerns about it peaking, about him peaking too early, uh, but we've seen drivers who do peak early. Uh, that will take that uh, summertime lull, if you will. Jimmy Johnson was famous for this. Uh, He would do really well at the beginning of the year. He'd go through that lull the ten races before the chase seemed to be his vacation time (laughs) or his time to kind of detune and get ready for the playoffs where he just was not himself for those 10 races. But as soon as the the playoffs begin, he was right back into action. Now, if Denny Hamlin can make that happen, not that I want him to see him take that lull time, uh, especially 10 races because I I really – uh didn't care for Jimmy Johnson doing that but uh I I can see where that maybe gave him a little bit of a respite before uh the the intensity of, of uh going into the playoffs so we'll see how Denny Hamlin handles it for the rest of this season um and see if uh emotionally uh maybe this is his year uh, to maybe go after that championship. But um, I, I do kind of predict that he probably will have a slow slowdown before the um, before the playoffs actually begin. And if he doesn't, whether or not he can sustain that for an entire year to include the playoffs is going to be really tough to do.
6: Well, I think you, you hit on a key thing there, and I know uh, it was covered on Race Hub today as well the relationship with Chris Gabehart Uh, and they gave two different Mm -hmm. examples. One where, where Danny was kind of spun up and I'm trying to think who he was in a loud discussion with as far as another driver, Chris Gabehart was kind of like, Hey, you need to settle down. But on the other hand, then when Danny Hamlin said, "Eh, if we win the championship this year, eh, yeah. And Chris was like, no, that's what we're here to do. You know? So he didn't let him go too far (laughs) the other way either, you know? and, And that goes to with that, We've seen it in the past, especially the year I believe he finished second um, in the championship. It yeah. really seemed like he, he took it hard, you know, so you, you don't want him to be that on edge. But you also don't want him to be like, eh, whatever, you know, you got to find that middle ground. You're, that's still what the goal is for every driver and team out there. And, and I think that key factor is Chris Gabe Hart. You know, I know him and... Wheeler were friends and, and had been together for a while, but that's one of those of maybe they had hit their peak together and it was time for a change, and I think we've seen that with Denny Hamlin. And they mentioned, and, and I find it kind of ironic, cause, and I was one of them, that kind of felt like Denny Hamlin might be on his way out the door. He didn't win a race in 2018 when Eric jo- uh, Eric Jones was coming in and then followed that by this year with Christopher Bell. I was one that was like, you know, Denny Hamlin may be the one to get pushed out, you know, a time for a change there. Mm -hmm. But he has come back in the past two years now, won a race again, races again last year, as well as this year and been a championship contender. So, um, you can't ever, you know, just like we didn't like to see that happen to Matt Kenseth, I wouldn't want to see it happen to Denny Hamlin either. But I did actually kind of expect it.
0: Yeah, I I hear what you're saying and, and I really agree. Uh, with everything that you're saying there as well, that that uh, Denny Hamlin was kind of uh, in a situation where he needed to start making things happen, and you're right, Chris Gabehart is kind of the stabilizing factor. Uh, but I've heard Denny say that that uh, they just have a different, they just have a way of communicating that really works uh, between the two of them as well, and and that we know that that makes a huge difference between the driver and the crew chief uh, in order for them to make the changes that need to be made. Another thing that I've noticed that's different, and I've said this about Martin Truex when he won his championship, uh, Jimmy Johnson when he won his, um, a sign of a champion is to be able to have adversity and not let it affect you. In other, You stay the course And you, you, go, you still go after it And a lot of times They overcome that adversity to prevail And uh, that's the thing That's one of the other things That we're seeing from Denny Hamlin I think this year uh, That we maybe haven't seen From him in the past And uh, I, I think There are some good indicators To say that he could be On his way to a championship this year
6: and and i don't remember who said it but it, but i heard it today championship teams aren't made and built on the good days it's on the bad days no. when you don't yeah. have that good car you have a problem it's how you respond to that that's what determines your championship teams you know if the if you got the fastest car and the brakes all go your way anybody can win you know or maintain Optimism and, mm-hmm. and good spirit. It's when you have those bad days of how you rebound and learn from them. So, uh, again, that is a key factor.
0: Yes, I I, I totally agree. What's next, Jay?
6: Well, and um, this one I'll need your help. I'm shedding some light on again throughout the weekend. Uh, I listened to most of the races on Sirius XM Radio, so didn't get to watch here a lot of the the TV coverage. But the Xfinity Series had their doubleheader. And we know we're going to see that with the Cup Series at Pocono. Uh, I caught a little bit of it of with Justin Algar. Uh, had some damage to the car, but it wasn't enough to warrant going to a backup. He didn't exactly have a great race on day number two. And I don't know if it was for the same problem or anything, or if it was something they could fix in between the two races. Again, I'm not 100% on what they can all do to these cars, being that they're using the same car from day one to day two. Um, but... As much as we like the idea of that, I see a little bit of an issue there with that. If they can't go to a backup car and it's something's with the car that they just absolutely cannot fix while at the track or within the rules of day one to day two, um, that really hurting and having two bad days.
0: Mm-hmm. What I kind of recall uh, is that, you know how we talk about the Darlington stripe? <laughs> uh, there seem to be a number of drivers that were getting what they were calling the homestead stripe. Um they were riding high and would get into those marbles and sometimes ride a little bit too high and hit that wall and it's like they couldn't get off of it. They were riding that wall uh with that stripe on their on their car for for more than you would think they could should be up there. Um, and that hurt a lot of the drivers because, of course, they would end up cutting down a tire and happen to go in and and, uh, uh, get service and new tires. So I think that happened. I know that happened to Justin Algauer at some point, and that certainly did hurt him. Um, And and, uh, it's just interesting how many drivers... Seemed to have that happen uh, Austin Sindrick had it happen to him And man, his tire was absolute toast by the time In fact, in one case, uh, the the rubber was coming off the tire uh, As he was coming into the pit So um, it, it, it was kind of amazing to see that happen at Homestead, Miami Because I don't recall seeing that happen uh, any other time at Homestead
6: well especially especially with the uh, for the Xfinity cars that that composite body that kind of self corrects it uh, yeah, doesn't yeah. bend in and especially get onto the onto the wheel defender the get onto the wheel as it does with a cup car so you know it was a little surprising to see that from the Xfinity cars but on the other hand we also know that drivers know that and push that edge even a little bit more That's and true. I know in our group chat they're comparing the Xfinity race to the, to the Cup race um you know mike was saying how much the Xfinity series was better racing um that might be part of it is the car is a little bit more forgiving so you can push a little bit harder be a little more aggressive
0: mhm but but i think what happened is they were on that wall for so long um that even with the composite car you're going to do some damage uh, if you're going to hang on the wall as long as they were hanging on. So um, it was just something unique that was happening at Homestead, Miami, and uh, it wasn't just Destin Algauer that it happened to. It happened to several drivers, and uh, uh I'm trying to think if there's something more that happened to Justin, but I do remember the time well, that, that he hit that wall.
6: And, and I just caught part of it where they did say that, that NASCAR wasn't going to give them approval to go to a backup car or a second car. So that means whatever the issue was, they were going to have to try and repair. And, again, I don't know exactly what they can all change out on the car in between the two races. I know there are some restrictions to it. Um, so, like I mm. said, it was a little bit of a concern, now, now, like you mentioned, the Cup Series is going to be doing it at Pocono, and I, I hate to say mm-hmm. it this way, but at Pocono, if you have a problem and you end up in a wall or something, to at Pocono, you're going to be going mm-hmm. to a backup car. <laughs> mm mm-hmm.
0: Well, and hopefully the weather isn't too bad up in Pocono either. Hopefully it's a little bit cooler uh, for those guys. I do know that when we listen to the post-race audio tonight, a lot of the Brisco, not a lot of the Brisco, a lot of the Xfinity Series drivers were talking about how hot it was, and that their bodies didn't really have time to recover uh, from one race to the next. So by the time they finished that second race, uh, they felt it. You know, everybody was feeling it, uh, and the heat was not helping. So, you know, that is one thing for uh the Cup Series drivers to be aware of and and they're seasoned enough they probably already know this, but hydration is such a big thing and I know we've talked about this already uh to some extent on our hot topics, but um uh, these guys are on such an accelerated schedule right now uh that uh it's a different ball game. Uh, for a lot of these drivers, and this was a real test to be able to do one race right after the other, uh, two consecutive days.
6: It was again. I think that's things that they're going to have to look at in the future, um, as far as that. If we start talking about doing midweek races or these double headers, so uh, I'm sure NASCAR is talking with the drivers, and hopefully we don't ever see the kind of stretch that we have. Um, I know one one night they had, what, five races in, like, nine days or something like that. <laughs> I don't know that we'll see it ever go to that, uh, barring any unforeseen circumstances as we've had here in uh, 2020.
0: hmm Yeah, this year has been so unique. Um, okay. Anything else on your list?
6: i got two more here. Uh, the first one, we're talking about... Denny Hamlin getting his third win, whether or not he's a championship contender. Go down the list you name drivers that have won two races. Then you get to somebody that's won one. But my question is, is the the strongest team that we've seen so far this year even won a race or as many? And I got two drivers on the Cup Series and one in the Xfinity, part of that being a discussion with Mike. But on the Cup side, Chase Elliott has one win but we've seen him in contention for multiple. Uh, I believe in the 14 races, I say, he's been competitive and contending for the win in 10 of them. Uh, Ryan Blaney Mm -hmm. doesn't have a win yet, and we've seen, uh, I believe that was at Bristol. He was uh, leading when he ran into some slower car and had a situation. Again, the finish wasn't indicative of where he ran, but he is the top driver in the point standings without a win. And I know to start the season, I said it multiple times, that I felt like he had the strongest car week in and week out, getting top fives, being competitive for the win, just not getting it. And now Chase Elliott being the second one. On the Xfinity side, this past weekend brought it to light. Noah Gregson could have gone back-to-back races there. Didn't get either one of the victories, um, mm-hmm. but does have two on the year. Uh, not sure what Andy is. Yes, sir. And, oh, that was for catching something. Okay. Um, But, again, looking at other championship contenders Or who people think the favorite are I think he's getting overlooked And I really believe, like, right now in the Xfinity Series He is one of the top three, anyway As far as being up there and running And comp- competing each and every week Along with Chase Briscoe and Harrison Burton Even as a rookie
0: Mm-hmm Interesting uh, I will say, I, th- I do think that Ryan Blaney and and uh, Chase Elliott have probably been the most consistent all season long in the Cup Series. Um, and uh, I do think that they are both headed for the championship contention this year. Um, the rest of the season is going to, again, uh, tell the the rest of that story because, uh, just like we were talking about Denny Hamlin, whether or not they can maintain that for an entire season uh, may may kind of change things up uh, quite a bit by the time we get to the playoffs. So we'll we'll kind of have to see. Right now, they've got enough points that they'll be there. Uh, Chase Elliott's got a win, so we know he's going to be there. But I, I fully expect uh, Ryan Blaney will be there as well. Um, nor Gregson uh, definitely part of that top three in the Xfinity series. Um, he he does have wins, so I I agree with you that he probably should have had a couple couple there. Even this weekend, uh, he dominated both of those races, only to lose them in the end. Uh, now I did not really see the end of the race with Harrison. Uh, winning, but I did see the end of the second race, and I think I said it on Messenger. Noah Gregson gets kind of anxious sometimes, and I knew I said this is where he's going to get anxious and overdrive his car, and sure enough, he did it. Um, he 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 wants it so bad. And he's going after it so hard that uh, he overdrives the cars in those types of situations that are high pressure. Um, I I think it doesn't work for him a lot more than it does work for him. Uh, The best kind of win for Noah Gregson is where he just kind of sails away into the sunset away from everybody else, and uh, he ends up getting that win. But he's definitely on his way to the playoffs as well. There's no doubt about that. Um, so I don't know. Well, what are you
6: He was on his way to doing yeah, he was on his way to doing that, in the uh, both of them kind of played out the same way mm-hmm. there at Homestead, lay mm-hmm. raised caution, which then, like you, you mentioned, put him in more of a pressure- pressure situation. And that is something that I will agree with Mike and you on that is the case. But we have seen other drivers that have gone through that, and, and Tyler Reddick, Joey Logano, that we have seen that in. So that's why I'm saying you can't write him off yet. And Mike acknowledged Tyler Reddick was on that same boat, and I think with the, he, he said he feels it was the move over to RCR, Richard Childress Racing, both in the Xfinity and then up into the cup level, that he's seen that change in Tyler Reddick. Um,
0: mm-hmm. So we'll
6: have to see if that is something that, that Noah Gregson can mature into and learn and develop. Um, one of the things to uh, to back up my point here with the uh, points uh, mentioned, we got a couple drivers that have multiple wins. Kevin Harvick, who is leading the points, but only by eight over Chase Elliott, who only has one. Then come Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski with two. Ryan Blaney is fifth in points with no wins. Martin Truex just got his first victory. Is six in points. Denny Hamlin has three wins, but is actually seventh in points. And that's what I look at. Everybody's saying, oh, he's in championship form. He's a heavy favorite. He's got those three wins. That will help him. But quite obviously, week in and week out, he's not mm-hmm. even in the top five. You know, so that, that's, that's what I'm looking at when I'm talking a... about that.
0: Yeah, that's because he's has as many not-so-good races as he's had good races. So. Um, uh, consistency is where it's all at, for sure. And and whether well, or not I, I, he can maintain that higher level. It, when
6: you say it like that, it brings back an a, an old name, and I don't even know how old he's not still within my realm. But the checkers <laughs> or wreckers mentality, even when trying to win that championship, and that is Rusty Wallace. That is the one mm-hmm. thing that I think kept Rusty Wallace from winning more than the one championship he did because his was normally either a win or a bad finish. There was that never that consistency mm-hmm. week in and week out. Uh, and I know in the latter part of his career, he, he realized that and again did get the uh, get one championship, but was a contender for several more after that as he realized that of you know, week in and if you're going for the championship. You know, if you got a top five car this week, run it in the top five, not Mm -hmm. overdo it and end up with a 20th or a 30th place, which I know that's what Mike says Noah Gregson does. And, again, I can't argue that point, you know. Um, But so, like I said, there are some great drivers, and that was Rusty Wallace during his prime that went through that. So uh, had he had that mentality change a little bit earlier, who knows where we'd be talking about with him as far as on the wins list or the championship list.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. But we're not talking about him there because of the checkers or wreckers mentality. So um and, and and it and it's different now, I think, than it was then. Um because there's a shelf life it seems like for a lot of these drivers now. That if they don't get past that um then you know that that can be a problem for them, where it's going to be tough for them to be able to stay in the series. So that's not good news for somebody like Noah Gregson who's still trying to figure that out. He he's going to have to he's going to have to really start figuring that out pretty soon.
6: I would think so, and I would I would hope to see that he does because I do think he has has the talent. Um, I think he's a good driver. Uh, I know his attitude, and we've we've seen it on both sides, a little over-exuberant with the win, as well as how hard he was. uh, Last year, the couple of times we got to go to races and and interview him, Uh, you know, he was pretty hard on the team for not bringing the car that he felt he needed. You know, like you said, that Mm -hmm. drive to win was so great. And I think that was part of it was he didn't even have the car. It was a 10th to 5th place car. He wants to win, and he's trying to win with that 10th to 5th place car. So, um,
1: mm-hmm. And
6: he was pretty, like I said, uh, down on himself a little bit, but also down on the team. So maybe that we've already seen that change. Maybe he's communicating and working better with the team. They're saying, "Hey, if we, if for whatever reason we only get you a fifth place car, get fifth out of it next week. We'll bring a top top five or a top three car. Then you go win with it."
0: Right, right. So yeah, it, it's it's uh, uh, it is an interesting uh, scenario. And uh, we'll have to see how it, it plays out, I guess, uh, for the rest of this year. But right now, I think he's probably one of the top three.
6: Oh, I think so. And I know, you know, Mike has said he thinks it's a break, make or break year for him. Um, I, I see where that, that very well could be. Uh, and the, having a run-in with his own teammate wasn't helpful. Uh, I know they've kind mm-hmm. of said they worked through it, but I know this past weekend there was mention of it that maybe there was still some uh, some lingering issues there. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I didn't see the race, so I don't know what what happened with uh, Justin Algar. If he maybe felt part of that was uh, Noah Gregson's fault um, or not, but the, uh, Justin
0: never really says that kind of stuff. He, he'd rather just deal with it, I think, one on one with the driver. And especially if it's his teammate, if it wasn't his teammate, he might be more willing to say something. But this is his teammate, and even though he might have been done wrong to, uh, he's not going to make it two mistakes. He's going to still try to um, take the high road, I think, in those situations.
6: As as a whole, you're right. Uh, I can think of one or two maybe incidences where we've seen Justin Allgaier fired up and lose his cool, if you will. Uh, He is a pretty composed driver no matter what the situation, whether it be his own fault, the team's, another team's, or whatever. Um, So would think that that is probably the case. We'll have to see as the season progresses. But it is one of those of – and right now uh, he just seems to be having a little bit of a rough year. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. And it's one of those, especially when you know a team car, another car coming out of the same shop is doing what it's doing, and yours, you're not, you know, for whatever the reason. You know that's got to wear on you because you know you have the capability because the cars are coming out of the same shop.
0: Exactly, exactly. Okay. Any well, Anything the, else the last, on your list?
6: Yeah, the last one I do have here uh, for the night is... Um, and this came out last week. I, we just hadn't gotten to it. And I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, so I'll just say that Stuart Haas Racing, in which Tony Stewart was supposed to run the Xfinity race at Indianapolis Road Course, has
1: mm-hmm. opted
6: not to. Um,
1: mm-hmm. There's not a
6: whole lot of information out there. I know publicly I believe the statement was being as many races as they're doing in a short amount of time, that being a one-day in-and-out event, they just didn't feel it was beneficial but there was some alluding to fans not being allowed in the stands which the week that it came out was the week that Eldora which is owned by Tony Stewart now had to run a it wasn't their normal Eldora Dream race which would have taken place during that time frame but they did have an event that they had to do with no fans and coincidentally in that same window there is where Tony Stewart and SHR had come out and saying that Tony wouldn't be attending that Indy race. Part of it being Mm. no fans allowed. Um, Just get your thoughts on it before I give mine.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I could see though that the logistics of everything could be a factor that he's taken into consideration here. Um, that may be preventing him from doing that. And I, that's just giving him benefit of the doubt uh, as to why he's chosen not to do that. There, I'm sure there are things that are unseen by you or I that are responsibilities of the team owner and, and uh, again, with all these races happening so uh, closely together and back-to-back and midweek, I can see where Tony Stewart may say, "Listen, I'm, I I enjoy racing, but this year it just might be a little bit too much."
6: And I I I, I know what you're saying. I give the benefit of the doubt, but I also know Tony Stewart. We've seen him in the past. I don't want to say he is an attention hog or a glory hound. That is his home track. <laughs> I to me, I I think that the, there is a lot to that. And I think he's trying to use it in the way of pushing these Midwestern states that haven't opened up, Uh, Eldora is in Ohio, the brickyard, uh, Indianapolis, obviously in Indiana, of trying to make a point that they need to be when everybody else is. But I can't speak to that because I don't know what condition those states are in. You know, my hope is that the the governors and, and the states are doing what they feel is the best for the entire population. So with that, mm-hmm. you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. If they're saying, hey, we're not ready to allow fans in, there's a reason Correct. for it. So I don't know so if I would agree with taking that kind in, of stance.
0: You th- you think he's not coming because there's no fans in the stands?
6: Based off the fact that Eldora had to run with no fans, and that was mentioned in the decision of not going to Indianapolis as well as the logistics, which I would not dispute uh, I think that plays a part of it, and I do think then, that, like I said, he's trying to, being that he is as well-known as he is, that he thinks he can draw some attention to it and try to force uh, force the hand of government officials to uh, to open it, especially when it comes to uh. knowing that other tracks are. Um, now, that's mm-hmm. just my opinion. Again, that is reading a little bit into what is not there. However, mm-hmm. like I said, I you know... Um, the dirt track race there was on on pay per view uh, of some sort, but it is not the same as having stands in the fans or fans in the stands. Fans in the stands. backwards.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I I I don't know if Tony Stewart would do that or not. I I I would tend to just off the top of my head, I guess think that he's doing it for logistic reasons over. The fact that there's no fans in the stands, but uh, I didn't really see the information that you're talking about. But um, I suppose it's still possible, but I, I just think that uh, logistics has more to do with it than the fans in the stands.
6: I, I'm I, again. I have no doubt that logistically, however, even priorly. Li- Prior to this schedule change, that was a one-day event um, for the Xfinity side. So I that that's where I have that kind of that issue. That that race was scheduled um, on a Cup weekend, as it was, which it's still going to be. They're both uh, the mm-hmm. Xfinity and Cup are running that weekend. Uh, so that's a that's where it kind of that little red flag. And the, like I said, the fact that it was mentioned in the article saying that it was about logistics, the fans part still came into play, and then again, knowing what he went through with the dirt track, and I and I feel for him on that, uh, hosting a an event with no fans in the stands, right. all the other ones that did it, I know there was some big sponsorship money behind it that kind of covered that, helping these track owners out, we had several in this area that did that, and I know what, what support they got from a big time sponsor you know,
0: yeah. so that's a good point. That's just, a good point.
6: I just don't like to, to see that. And to me, if, if, and I, I will use a big if there, that he is trying to make that point. I think that could have been done differently um, than withdrawing because he did make the commitment to show up. It was advertised. It is his home track, and there's still fans that are going to be watching on TV and want to see Tony race. And I'm one of them. You know, exactly. I actually was, especially on a road course. You know.
0: Yes, yes, especially because he he's known to be very, very good on the road courses, and to see him race on that Indianapolis road course would have been a really big deal. And, you, you know, one thing that he may not have been considering, if fans, if and I say that with a big if, if fans are the one of the reasons why he's not coming, uh, taking into consideration the fans that really wanted to see him race on that track, Uh, He is kind of taking that away from them So, I don't know It's hard to say for sure Not being Tony Stewart And not knowing exactly what he's thinking um, Or what's going on in his life It's kind of hard for us to say But, uh, you know Unless he comes out and tells us uh, out and out uh, We're just speculating, I guess
6: which and that's why I said I was being real careful. And the the, the press release was that it was primarily logistics related. Uh, I just question that the fact that, like I said, that the way it was scheduled anyway, I don't see a whole lot of difference with the logistics of it for the weekend. But I do know they have been obviously busier with the multiple races in a short time period.
0: That's true. That's true. All right, we are at the top of the hour, so I think it's. Uh, besides the fact that I'm starting to get really, really tired, um, I think it's time for us to call it a night. Uh, are you going to be at a racetrack this weekend, Jay? Uh,
6: yes, I will be. The Lucas Oil uh, Touring Late Model Series are coming to Magnolia Motor Speedway, home of the Black Ice, the Clash at the Mag, three nights. Uh, Thursday night, uh, I won't be able to go. I'll be here with Sharon for the preview NASCAR Preview Weekend Show. Um, But Friday and Saturday, they're doing three nights of racing, and we are fans back in the stands. We had a great crowd out there uh, a couple weeks ago when they raced uh, for opening night. So um, fortunately, I say fortunately, around here, things have cleared up, and we have been back in dirt track racing, as well as some of the asphalt tracks. We went to Huntsville Speedway again a couple weeks ago, so... Hopefully everybody gets to that right. point and they can get back out and enjoy that.
0: Well I know out in California Sal was saying they were still with no fans in the stands at Irwindale uh this past weekend. Uh Trevor Huddleston won a pair of races, uh but um uh again, no fans in the stands. And I guess it just depends on where you're living. Uh one bit of news that did come out of Illinois today is that uh we had the biggest decrease of all the states in the United States in COVID nineteen reports and, and uh fatalities. So uh that was a bit of good news for us. We were in phase three, hoping to move to phase four rather soon. So I'm I'm hoping that, things that will start to get news. back to normal. It is. It is that
6: is indeed, yes.
0: Okay, so uh, I am Bamp Racing site on Twitter, fan Racing blog and radio everywhere else, and uh, definitely looking forward to the racing at Talladega Super Speedway uh, this weekend. Uh, it's one of those races, it's very hard to predict. Um, I don't know if we've got time, we might get cut off. I'll just say that up front. But did you want to give an update on? Uh, let's just do the overall for the fantasy group.
6: All right, well, I do have some numbers with that, and I will do that real quick, Um, update everything. But over the weekend, 28 points available. I believe I had 20. Andy had 19. Uh, Where did I have those? Right there. Um, Mike, or I'm sorry, Owen was next with 14. Mike and Sharon had 12. James had nine. And unfortunately, I talked about Justin Algar's rough weekend, both races. Sam had him in yeah, both of those same. races. Didn't do well. He had one point for four races over the weekend, so had a little bit of a rough night. But Andy is the first one to break the 100-point barrier at 103. I moved into second now at 94. Sharon's at 90. Owen's at 83. Sam is at 68. Again, a rough weekend for him. And that put Mike and James tied at 50, closing up on that end. So, And mm. I know I did a correction We'll look at our group. I got the correct order now. Thank Andy for catching uh, an oversight on my part, as that's part of the team for fan for racing uh, Mm-hmm. I so, saw that. And it didn't even, yeah, well, and it didn't even benefit him. You know, he pointed it out, and it didn't benefit him at all. So uh, he was looking out oh. for the whole whole team there.
0: Thank you, Andy. We appreciate you. <laughs> Um, uh, checking that and catching that So uh, that's that's what we should do To help each other out So uh really appreciate it Okay, with that I think we're ready to call it a night, Jay a Big shout out to all of our listeners for tuning in We appreciate everybody for taking the time to hear what we have to say And uh, we will be back here on Thursday night 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for our preview of Talladega Super Speedway. And I believe one of the ARCA groups are going to be there this weekend as well. I think the main ARCA Menard Series is going to be racing at uh, Talladega.
6: I believe so, yes.
0: So uh, we'll have plenty of races to preview on Thursday night. Okay, guys, I think uh, that's a wrap.
6: All right, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Good night.